Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on? Oh, summer's over. It's pouring rain and flooding and awful, which has been most of New Zealand, I think, for this year. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. been really bad, but it's been awful. It's been yeah. global warmingly apocalyptic, if that's a if that's a, a series of words to put together. Well, you did um, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tricky because, uh, yeah, as uh, the world is heating and no one believes that the world is heating, but it's just, just weather. We're getting mm-hmm. like world-breaking or, you know, record-breaking storm surges and rainfall and all this stuff down here. So, yeah, but otherwise, going all right. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's the, what's the point of cherry blossom trees? Now, I, they look let me pretty. clarify. Yeah, they look pretty for like a week. Yeah. And then all of the leaves fall off <laughs> in like a week's time. Yeah, then they're everywhere. It's so fast. And then they're everywhere. There's one outside of my apartment. Looked like shit all year. And then, you know, about, you know, a few days ago, it started to bloom. looked glorious. Beautiful. And now, uh, you know, this thing will be leafless. It'll be cherry blossomless and it'll just be another tree in about three days. Yeah. That's it. You, you don't, just, you just you, get you, it for you that, don't that like one the moment. Fleeting, I, I love that about nature. That's one of my favorite things. Because it's, I mean, you know, something that pops up for a short amount of time, and specifically, right, places, something we've not done for all the times we've gone to Japan, we've not gone during sort of cherry blossoms, when it's like, it's one of the best times to go to Japan. Right. Well, it never fits within the timing. You go there in the timing, you enjoy it with everyone else, you're sitting there taking your cell phone camera shots and your TikToks, and then it goes Mm -hmm. away, and that's it. It's like an event. It's like Coachella for nature. Hmm. You get Is there week? any other versions of that you can point to? <laughs> Burning Man? No, I meant for nature. <laughs> oh. Burning Man's another one, right? It blooms for a week. Again, not, not nature. You prepare that for is, it. That is a man-made. You go to the desert, and then you go. But, but again, man- that's, that's the, beauty of, the beauty of nature. No, people get together. The, the cherries blossom. <laughs> um, in nature, is there anything else? Uh, I mean... I mean, like the whole cocoon caterpillar thing is an example. It doesn't happen over and over again, but it happens once, right? You got a caterpillar, it cocoons up for like, you know, a certain amount of time, then it blossoms a beautiful butterfly. Um, I'm sure there's lots of examples of this, though. There's someone much smarter than me listening to this going, there's all sorts of examples in nature for events that happen once a year. Shakes, snakes, ah, snakes shedding their skin is another one. There's all okay, sorts here's of what I, here's what I, here's what I just here's what I just googled. I just googled yeah. fleeting yearly natural events. Okay. Yeah. And I got this. I got this article from NPCA from the National Parks Conser- Conservation Association. Fleeting beauty: nine natural phenomena you won't want to miss. Okay. Mm-hmm. One number one. Actually, should I start Cherry from blossom. nine? Yeah, start from nine. You got to go nine to one. Cherry blossoms aren't even on this list. So number okay. nine is hatchling watching. And this is at the, I guess this is all based on the national parks themselves. See, these are all right. US-based ones, I'd assume. Yeah, all US-based. Basically, they so say- w- w- What did you type in? Global. I'm going to type in global. Oh, here we go. Smithsonian has nine rare natural pheno- phenomena worth uh, fly, uh, flying for. Columbia, Columbia's Rainbow River. Columbia, summer, country Columbia. Yeah. Each summer okay. in Columbia's remote Sierra de la- Macarena? Is that really right? 
Sierra de la Macarena <laughs> National Park. Fair enough. The the Kanya? Is that how you say it? Kanyo? Kanyo? C-A-N I, I, with the squiggly on reading. it. Oh. <laughs> so. It's got the N with the squiggly, squiggly on it. And, you know, Kanyo. 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 It's like an Inye. It's like, it's an Inye. It's like pan, Panyo, but different. Uh, so then we got, anyway, the Kanyo Cristales River. Oh, that's a beautiful image. Looking at this now. This thing is yeah, crazy. Yeah, has an wow. otherworldly transformation. An aquatic plant called Macarenia clave. Claviguera, Claviguera. <laughs> you God, live in New York is... and you can't speak a lick of Spanish. There's someone somewhere si. in uh Si señor, no español. Bloom. There's someone at a bodega right now throwing their throwing their phone, taking off their earpods, throwing this away. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish that was the case. Bloom's crimson beneath the rushing water is creating a liquid rainbow alongside the yellow sand, green algae-covered rocks and blue water. See the spectacle on a guided tour. Only a few hundred visitors are allowed each day in order to keep the river pristine. The river runs colored from June through December. Oh, that's so okay, wild. Long. That's Though long. it's usually at its most brilliant in October. Okay, so October. Here we go. Number two. Cool, though. Go, go look up images of that if you, if you want to see what it oh, looks like. Oh, my God. This is a, Just this type in Rainbow like River, Columbia, and it'll show up. It's cool. This one looks like... Uh, oh, here we go. South Korea's Miracle Sea Road. A few times a year, the forces behind the tides, the moon cycle, the Earth's rotation and movement come into specific alignment, causing exceptionally low tides. In South Korea, these low tides cause a 1.7 mile path to emerge from the ocean floor between the islands of Jindo and Modo. Some some half a million people show up for a locally organized festival surrounding the rare event where they sip blood red local Hongju liquor and watch the iconic Jindo breed of dog perform tricks. Oh, that's fun. Oh, this is this is some this is some Red Sea parting mess. If you look at images of this, this looks like yeah. this looks like exactly what happened when Moses parted the Red Sea. It's like well, I told a you that story, there. right? I'm pretty sure I've told you that story, right? When I asked my rabbi as a child, did did Moses really part the sea? And he said, I think they caught a low tide. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's probably right. But this I'm is like, yeah, this is cool, dude. This you're Jindo supposed Miracle to. Go- cool. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. Like, there's a ton of people on it. Like, it's a giant crowd of people crossing. Like, this is what this would look like. Yeah, Um, they're having a party. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. All right. So then next up, this looks like a nightmare. Christmas Island's crab migration. Each wet season in Australian territory of Christmas Island, tens of millions of red crabs emerge from the forest to breed on the beaches. Yikes. <laughs> the entire island is blanketed in scarlet. The air filled with the scuttling of claws on asphalt. It's spectacular, but not for those with, oh no, how the hell do I pronounce this? Caborophobia? Fear of crabs. The migration begins with the first rain in in late fall or early winter. Christmas Island's tourism website lists possible spawning dates in advance. Migration occurs four to five weeks earlier, triggered by rain. It also lists travel agents who can help arrange tours okay this is the most so, australian thing i've seen in a long time that sounds horrible like, <laughs> exactly it sounds awful oh just like the sounds and the smell oh god yeah it's rough it's so much oh jeez. yeah that nope no thanks i'm gonna skip that one british columbia spotted lake this one looks kind of cool when july brings dry heat to british columbia's okanagan and that, there couldn't have been a more American way to pronounce it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Simicamin Valleys in Curious Sites. A curious site appears, Spotted Lake, known as Kliluk by the Okanagan First Nations people who own this land, is a polka dotted result of seasonal evaporation. Okay. Oh, yeah. San Diego's. It's, it's very nature looking. Yeah. Continue. San Diego's glowing tide. Did we miss this? We must have missed this. Every few years, a bit of magic touches the San Diego shores. Millions of phytoplankton turn the waves a glowing yeah, blue uh, at night. This is awesome. That's, a phenomenon that's, called bioluminescence. I, I, I remember this because working on a certain film, working on Avatar, we looked at a lot of this reference. Part of it. Looks red in daylight, which is why they appear in mass. It's called a red tide. Scientists don't know exactly what causes red tide, though factors like ocean salinity and wind are thought to play a part. The dinoflagellates, yep. nighttime. Dinoflagellates, it's actually creatures that emit energy yeah. when they're agitated. This is awesome. So this is actually, like biolumin- bioluminescence is normally a plant thing. Dinoflagellates mm. is a, a, it's, it's an actual creature. It's an actual plankton. Yeah, this actually, um, th- this is like the uh, the aurora borealis, but for water, right? Yes, it's indeed. Like the water version of that. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very cool. You should look up videos of it as well. It happens here in Auckland around December, November, December as well um, at the top of the North Island. It's cool. Cool stuff. Here we go. Canada's Kaplan Roll. Kaplan Roll? I don't know what this is. Each This also looks like a nightmare. Each year around the summer solstice, June 20th this year, the beaches of Newfoundland and Labrador explore, explode in silvery sparkles as millions of Kaplan fish arrive in the shallows to spawn. <laughs> it's called the Kaplan Roll, and it's, be- it's a <laughs> beloved event for townsfolk and tourists alike. Wade into the waters with a net to catch ti- to catch the tiny fish, then gobble them up fried, smoked, salted, or pickled. If you're lucky, you'll spot a few humpback whales who drool over Kaplan as much as humans. There you go. That is some Canadian nonsense. That is it like is. <laughs> once once they said Newfoundland, I'm like, all right, yeah, you're like, all right, whatever, whatever it is, man. It's super yeah, Canadian. It's <laughs> gonna be some bullshit. And then the last one here on the list is uh, upstate New York's ice volcano. I've lived in New York my whole life. Never heard. Never of heard it. of this in my life. <laughs> From December through February, the temperature rarely rises above freezing in New York's Letchworth State Park, sometimes called the Grand Canyon of the East, It's for its scenic gorges. During these frigid months, a strange sight appears on the ground of, park, of Park's Glen Iris Inn. The water from a natural spring, Fed Mountain, which shoot in the air year-round, begin to freeze mid-flight, creating a steep ice volcano that grows larger and larger as winter wears on. During especially cold years, it can grow as tall as 50 feet. New York, that's boring. That's lame. I'm not interested. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it's one of those you got to be there, but I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, what else? I'm not. Where the hell is Letchworth State Park? This sounds familiar. Uh, let's see. Letchworth State Park. Search this in Google Maps. Where the hell is the search button? Oh, right, because it's a link. Also, thanks Google for not for finally getting rid of uh, that dumb thing where you search thing and it opens up the stupid tab on the side. Holy hell, is that awful? Right, that's uh, why I know this. This is pretty close to Buffalo. There you go. It's, so you uh, have you do know what this is. You just never seen it. You never heard of it. I've never gone. Yeah. See. See. But look, well, it's I mean, not. It's not close to of... Buffalo. It's like a. It's like an hour and a half drive from Buffalo. That's pretty cool. Okay, fair enough. Fine. It's not like you're going to walk down the street and see it. I wouldn't drive an hour and a half to see this from Buffalo. I don't think I would. I don't Would know. You stop it if you were on the way to somewhere else. It's an hour drive. 
if I was on the way and it was, yeah, sure. If it's on the way and they're like, Hey, you know, there's that dumb ice volcano here. Like, um, all right. All right. Let's take a peek. Yeah. But see, see I mean, I think, I think you just proved the point though, that like, you know, lots of, it's not all plants, but lots of things happen. You know, I mean, even though Aurora Borealis, right? Like all of those events come once a year for like a week or two and then they go away and people travel for great lengths to go see that stuff. So it's cool. You know, I'm looking at this state park. I fucked up. I should have went to this place. This place looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, probably is. Again, one of the best one of the best parts about America are the national and state parks. Like it's the thing that I think people got the most annoyed with Trump about because it's like that's the one thing that the government does really well is take care of our national parks. People really respect them. People come from all over the world to go visit things like the you know like the Grand Canyon and some of these things that are big national parks. And Trump tried to take funding away from the National Park. Like, dude, what are you doing? The one thing that actually works, that that is doing everything it should, and they're, they're and the budget is, isn't even that big. They, they, they don't even spend that much money. And he was like, oh, okay, well, we just need to remove the money from this because I'm cutting costs. And it's like, cutting costs for the National Park Service is the one thing that works. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, state parks, national parks, especially if you live in the U.S., you should try to see as much of that stuff in your own state as possible because you know, I mean, I say this from growing up in Michigan. There's all sorts of national parks, even just the Upper Peninsula, right? There's all sorts of national parks and state parks that you just never, never visit. You never see. Yeah. Hmm. Fair so, enough. Well, there you go. It's a nice little diversion. I got, I got one more question that I want to ask mm-hmm. you before we, before we get into the serious stuff. Serious stuff. Uh, that would be right. Okay, because I wrote it down. I like to remember. All right. At what point? After how many losses, after how many failures of a thing, should you stop doing said thing? I am on. <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking about. So last weekend, I played four hockey games in four days, mm-hmm. lost every single one of them. <laughs> played again last night, got the shit kicked out of us. We lost. It, it was like we got running. So running time is handled in these men's leagues after you after you're down by an eight goal deficit. We were in running time halfway through the second period it was a 9-1 final so Ooh. i guess we did all right by the time we got to it so by, by the time we got to the to the uh, third period i guess we were doing all right or the other team just gave up but anyway there's that but i also don't know when i lost like i'm gonna look right now and see when the last time i won a game forfeits don't count yeah okay i'm gonna definitely i'm, have I'm gonna tell you a hard reality of where you are in life right now and oh, what you should go. pivot to yeah, because I pivoted to this, and you start feeling like, okay, I'm I'm back. So I'm, I'm gonna ask a question, right? Most of the leagues that you're playing in, what's the like? What would you say the average eight? Like, are you seeing an influx of new people come in and build new teams with younger, kind of you know, fresh out of university or you know, a couple years into working or living in New York? Are you seeing that? Like, have you seen the league change over the, what now, 15 years that you've been, if, you know, a little less maybe, 15, 13 years that you've been playing hockey in New York? Um, to an extent, yeah. I, I guess. Not really, but the, I mean, look, that, that doesn't really apply because I put last Thursday, I played in an over 40 league and lost. So, okay. you know. Okay, so <laughs> ne- never mind. That was going to be my point of going, you need to pivot. Because but I also think personally, leagues, but, and, but and personally, the is, it's smarter. True. It's smarter hockey. Those, I mean, you'll get beat up on by some 50, 60 year olds. You can't out muscle or out skate them, but the game changes. 
And I'm feeling like that's where you're headed is to now that you are over, you know, you're, I can say this, right? You're over 35. You finally reached the midpoint of your 30s. It's going to be uh, time to start pivoting to those over 40 leagues because that's what's coming. <laughs> and yeah. it's not going to be about skating as hard anymore. It's going to be about uh, playing with the same people, finding your group of people that are really good, and then you just get old with those guys. And you travel around, you play tournaments, you play in the same league, and you just try to build a, a better, more cohesive team with a bunch of guys who are going to be in their 50s. Man, I think, uh, I, but I, I also think I'm playing like some of the better, some of the best hockey. You might be moving better than I've played. Well, yeah, but I mean, at what point do you think it's me? Okay, so I'm looking at this. I think the last game I won was March 8th. (laughs) We're almost in May, man. We're May next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, along the way, there was was a shootout loss. So it's not like they're all regulation losses. Sure. There was also, there's actually two shootout losses in there. But something's going on. It might be me. But uh, things... uh, Things aren't going too well for my, my. I, I learned this days. when you start seeing like night when you start playing with like twenty two, twenty three year olds, and you're like, oh yeah, I don't have that anymore. Like that's not coming back. But what I do have is experience of going. I've seen this before. I know what to do here. So yeah, my 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 game is has changed to be a little smarter, which is fun, um, because it's just like you don't have to you don't have to lean to your strength. You just start doing things. They're just like, oh, I haven't seen that before. And it's like, yeah, because I've been playing this thing for 30 years. You should be able to do this. So, yeah, just a, just a little word of advice. That would be a- there is there is a team. So the the way the divisions work, I mean, you know, in at Chelsea Pierce, mm-hmm. so it goes like their divisions. Let's just say for the sake of argument, they go one through nine. I'm saying nine because there's a developmental division. So that would be nine, yep. right? So the highest I play on a regular basis is five. Right. Which is dead center, right? Dude, there Should is be, one team. You, you you know my feelings on Chelsea Piers. Oh yeah, it's There's because too many, every, too many daggone leagues. They're all over the place. Yeah, this yeah. one team though in our D five division has recruited like about five NYU NYU players <laughs> on their team, and playing against them is just insane. Yeah, of course, it like is. it's insane. It says they've lost two games. I don't know how. Did Maybe those they guys were. just not show up? <laughs> Are those forfeits where they're just like, nah, not playing tonight? Yeah, I, or, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Because you know they got they got school and shit. Um, but they also yeah. have this like NYU goalie as well. I, sometimes it shows up, but man, when these guys play, they <laughs> it, it's like not even close. They, they it's like they, they just absolutely crush. Yeah, because if you're playing, and this is the problem, right? Like I bet you. Like and this is the problem with most men's leagues, right? You're not running practices, right? Like, like if you took the team no. that you had now in D seven, and you practice every single day and had a game once a week, your team would be drastically better. They just oh, would yeah. be because you're just spending more time learning each other and playing with the same people, and the same people show up pretty consistently, right? Like that's a team. And so when you get a bunch of guys that play from a team, of course they're going to play better. Because they're like, oh yeah, play with this guy for you know, practice with this guy for the last like two three years. So it, that's what makes it unfair. Like if you put those guys on an individual team, yes, they'd be great individually. But me and you have seen that having one great person individually doesn't mean you're going to win a game. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, tough life, man. Tough life out here in the in the streets, as they say, right? You know, in the streets of Chelsea Piers. Yeah. You know it. But yeah, that that's what irritated me. Because even me, I was like, I shouldn't be in this league. But I'm like, but it's the Saturday league. So that's where I'm going to play. 
So a lot Dude, of people like, just look at the this. schedule been, and go, I'm going to play in the league that's most convenient to me. <laughs> my team is now like half of the players who I've, who I've, uh, I don't know how I say this. It's about half of the half people who used to play in five. Yeah. Right. And we still like, we still struggle to win games. Are you trying to tell me that you need me? Do you need me? Yeah. Need me yeah, man. Back? Come on. Come on back. I need you. I need you. You know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Again, but I'm getting old. Things don't That's move fine. the way they used to. That's fine. I, in a, in a, in that division, like Saturdays, I think I'd, I'd sooner take like smarts over anything else. Yeah, because that, that's what it's about. I, as I learned playing those leagues, like, sure, you can out-muscle people. But for the most part, it's just like, I just I just know where to be. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, be like, in the I right mean, space. Like, look and, at me, right? And, I'm, a, I'm a better skater than, like, 90% of that division. But I'm dumb right. as fuck. Therefore, I don't yeah. excel very well. Yeah, I've that's always problem. that. And you make really stupid mistakes. <laughs> Pay for it. Yesterday, man. Yesterday was brutal. That wasn't even on me. It was just like any time, any time there was any sort of turnover, this team would score. Like it was, it, it was, oh boy. And I'm playing against the goalie that played for us. I'm playing against him tonight. So hopefully he's having another rough day because, uh, like I said, I could use a win. I could use a win. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> you know what? I hope this guy feels bad by the time he leaves the ring tonight. No mercy. Anyway, we got some news. We got some stuff to go through. We didn't do this the last last couple of times, but because but you know what? We got some stuff. There's some fun stuff to talk about, and then there's some serious stuff that I want to talk about. So let's get into it, shall we? All right. Yep. Where do you want to start? We'll save my my political topic is more like a reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. So we'll save that for the end. Let's so start with start? the Airbnb story because that's a quick one, I think. And then I want to okay. get the other one is a bit more of a. It's not necessarily about the story. It's about the what would you do. <laughs> Okay. Oh Jesus! This is that's when we find out we're both horrible people. No, right. Right. this is when we find out you're a horrible person. Oh so wow! Continue. You don't even know what I'm going to say. All right. Well, here we go. Reading from stuff.co.nz. The ultimate Airbnb revenge: taps, electricity, gas left on for 25 days. A Chinese couple who couldn't get out of an Airbnb booking in South Korea has enacted the ultimate revenge on the host by clocking up a huge $2,500 bill by leaving on all the taps, gas, and electricity during their 25-day stay. The drama started when the couple realized that the rental they had booked in the capital of Seoul was positioned in the outer suburbs and not in the center of the city like they had thought. They had paid up front for the 25-day stay, so when they asked the host- That's the first mistake, by the way. Mm-hmm. When they asked the host, who is only identified as Mr. Lee, to cancel the booking, it was refused as everything had been confirmed and payment was final. Mr. Lee, by the way, sounds like someone's using a false name. 100%. Yeah. The couple then that's, tried that's to like, That's back- like the American version of Mr. Smith. A hundred. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the couple then tried to back out, claiming they had COVID, but failed to produce evidence of it when asked. I like how that's the... Uh, yeah, that's a fun card to play. Like you can play that it's at the work dog too. Ate my homework. You can only, but you can only pull it one time because then it's like, hey, wait a minute, you have COVID last time. It's like, no, I really do this time. I was well, lying. Well, you have to I'm wait. Sorry. You have to wait, right? You have to wait like three months. It's like you can't. You know, you've got two grandparents. You got four grandparents to kill for a day off, <laughs> right? But like once the five, they're like, wait a minute. Last time it was your grandma. Then it was your grandpa. Yeah. Then it was your grandpa. Then it was your grandma. A lot of lot, then, lot of divorces. There's a lot of divorces. That's why there's so many grandparents. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
The first sign that revenge was being planned was when the couple asked if the flat had any surveillance cameras inside. <laughs> oh my God. When they and found the out there the, were none, the plan was seemingly hatched. The Go fact on. that Mr. Lee answered like, no, no, I, I, if, if anyone asked me, do you have any surveillance cameras? Yes. Yes. I do. You say yes. Every single time. Yes. Where are they? Mm, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm not telling you. If you ask, the answer is always yes. It's always a per- perfectly acceptable. Uh, yeah, because no one asked you have line. a surveillance camera, and isn't thinking to do awful things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I remember one time when I was working at the ice cream shop back in the day when I was 16 years old. Old Sweet Pete comes barging in. That's the guy. The the, the name of the Sweet ice cream shop. Pete. <laughs> yeah, the, the name of the ice cream shop was Sweet Pete's. Right. Wow. So Sweet Pete, who uh, who taught Brazilian wait, 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 Sweet Pete's a real guy. Sweet Pete was a real guy. Yeah. He was a uh, he was this bald dude who of course who was, was jacked and taught uh, Israeli jiu-jitsu in the dojo in the back <laughs> Krop, of the ice cream shop. Yeah, I guess I don't know. There Krop was never any knives involved, right? That's a that's or that's just Israeli martial arts. You, yeah, that's not jujitsu. Yeah. No, yeah, Krav Maga uses a knife. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, well. yeah, yeah, Israeli jujitsu. I don't know, but Sweet Pete was an Israeli. But he uh, he's, he's an intimidating dude. And <laughs> this guy comes in one day in the ice cream shop. And it's, I guess, the first time that, you know, he wasn't going to be around one night. And he was entrusting, trusting the kids to, to run this uh, to run this circus. And he just barges in. He's like, all right, listen up. There's cameras there and there's cameras there. And he just points to some random places on the ceiling. <laughs> he's like, so nobody fuck around. <laughs> and then just leaves. He's like, all right. And that just kind of goes and like, okay, cool. And I remember that happening. And, you know, as a dumb kid, the sweet Pete, I'm not going to lie. Sweet Pete scared the shit out of me. Sweet (laughs) Pete. He was the only, uh, he's he's like the most intimidating boss I ever had. Like everybody else kind of pales in comparison. Cause sweet Pete was the only guy who I felt threatened for my life when working for, you know, all these, uh, my next boss still open. I'm looking up. No, it's it's not open anymore. There's a sweet Pete's in, uh, in Jacksonville though. Different, Candy probably shop. a different guy. No, now Sweet yeah. Pete just runs his uh, his gutter cleaning service. But basically, <laughs> <laughs> like when when you have a boss who's like who is who's teaching Israeli jujitsu, and then right after that, and, and then uh, and then right after that, your next boss is like this, you know, four foot eight Filipino guy who walks with a limp. <laughs> like, you know, what? <laughs> How much of this That's, do you think this was a was a front? Do you think this was a front? Like, yeah, yeah, go no. to Sweet Pete. He'll get, he'll get you what you need. I don't know. Sweet Pete was always looking for the next hustle. Sweet Pete, he said <laughs> That's his, what I mean. his goal. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think it was a front. I just think the guy was like always looking to do things. He had a radio show at one point. Uh, was, his, was, his name, was his name Peter Clement? Yes, that's the guy. I found him. I found Sweet Pete. It's great. Yeah. He is bald yeah, and nice he is guy. jacked. Oh, yeah, exactly. He still so, owns it. It's still there. He's the owner of Sweet Pete's Ice Cream Factory in Congress, New York. There's no way it's still open. Voted Rockland County's number one ice cream store by Mike the Food Critic. <laughs> yeah, when, though? Oh, well, that was the other thing, because Sweet Pete, he was always big on hyping up how big, um, like, how we have the best ice cream. It's like, we're serving Sedudos. The only people who serve Sedudos are out in, uh, fuck it, where the hell, are like in the Hamptons, Long Island. This is like exclusive, high class. This is the best ice cream you could get. And we got it here. <laughs> That's why it was This tough. is the most New York guy I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. 
Yeah, he's got a he's got multiple martial arts clinics. It's closed though. I mean, it's definitely closed. It literally says permanently closed. But yeah, I th- I, th- I think it's think it's closed. Uh, it's definitely closed. Uh oh, is is Peter? Oh wait, Peter Clement? Did he die? No, he's not. He's not dead. Are you sure? Was he no. a senior or was he a junior? What do you mean? Oh no, he was eighty five. This 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 might have been his father. Sweet Pete. Yeah, dad that was probably his. Might've, might've probably gone. his uh, dad. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you about the time. Yeah, Sweet Pete also had um, his parents were deaf. Wow, some of these images on Google Images are, are amazing. Yeah, he had like a yeah. Oh, did you find like pictures of him from like radio? He's tatted like up that? and he's jacked. This guy. Well, if most you of told this me tat- to cast cast someone who's a personal trainer in New York who runs an ice cream shop. It's this guy. I'm gonna call this guy if I ever write this. If I write this movie, this I'm calling this guy. Let's make a movie about Sweet Pete. Oh, he'd be all Let's about do it. it. He wants to, he wants to be famous. So he. Oh, it's uh, great. It's great. He also all the tattoos that he has. So like most yeah. of his tattoos are from uh, are of his are his kids' names. The guy has a uh, yeah. So he's got four kids, and he's got uh, oh yeah. Here's his four kids. He's got four kids. So every time he's got he four, uh, or at least it looks like three daughters and a son, maybe. Yeah, and then every so he all of his kids' names are tattooed on him. Oh God, this ice cream shop. I'm looking at this ice cream shop too. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Was the ice cream shop next to the martial arts clinic? It was in the front of it. training. It was in it was front of it. Yeah, yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. And then there's so had to go into, martial arts. <laughs> yeah, so you went into the uh so you went into the martial arts studio in the back, and then the the ice cream shop was like a window like place in the front. It was only open in the summertime. Oh no, it was actually we, open year round. Now I'm gonna ask you a question. Can we get Pete on the podcast? I don't know, man. I haven't talked to that guy in like over ten years. I, I say we say we make this happen. Because he's got to be in his fifties now. He's got three girls and one boy. I'm reading this. He was he's in a weight loss challenge and he lost forty pounds. Looks good. I mean, the dude um, always looks. The guy's always fit. Yeah, but again, he's 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 leaned up. He's looking he's looking lean. Uh, so yeah, he's talking about his weight loss journey. I I totally think we should. You got to get him on this podcast. Dude, I don't even know how to find him. Well, I I've already found him. <laughs> <laughs> You all you gotta do is click on the images. Uh, no no one can to. escape the internet. I don't need I don't need that in my Google search. I'm not gonna. It's all good. People he's, can't he's, escape he's the doing, internet. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> he's he's doing chimney stuff now. I think you That's can totally saying, find yeah. this guy. Yeah, you can find this guy. He's a chimney sweep. He's cleaning He'd chimneys. Like, hey, Pete, you remember his, me, man? Deal. I used to I used to help out at the ice cream shop when I was 16. I got a podcast now. Super interested in your story is as uh you know thriving businesses you know self-made business people in new york come on and we get to talk to pete (laughs) i'll think about it okay think about it sorry but continue the story that that was a great side i mean yeah yeah all that because i remember when he was like there's cameras there there's cameras there it's like bro you are pointing at empty walls (laughs) it's great (laughs) it's kind of great CCTV outside of the Airbnb showed the couple rarely stayed at the villa, making only fleeting appearances after the first five days. But while they were away, they left all the taps on and turned on all the electricity appliances and the gas heating. God damn. Also, I mean, it was super hot whenever. Oh, well, they never went in. They basically they went in. They turned place. it on and then leave. And they just bounced. I was going to say, damn, going in after everything's so hot, that must suck. The host was completely unaware of the issues until contacted by a gas supplier asking why the usage was so high. Fearing there was a leak, Lee turned up at the home only to find the windows open and a brightly lit fire and a hot floor, reports local media outlet SBS. A brightly lit fire? 
What do they mean? Yeah, like if it's a gas fire, if they've got like a fireplace that's run to the gas line. Oh, I see. Sure. Yeah. The high bills came in from other utility providers. Isn't that like super dangerous? Yes, it's super dangerous. Okay, cool. Just making sure. The high but, bill, like, That's why the gas would... company called and was like, yo, you're using way too much gas. Is there a yeah. leak? Because is this mm-hmm. house going to explode? I meant the light, the lit fire and all the gas. Yeah, that's all of it. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, that's why the gas company was like, yo, something's wrong. What's going on here? Yeah. The high bills came in from the other utility providers, too. The couple wasted 120,000 liters of water, or the wow. same amount that eight adults would use for two months, the Seoul Waterworks headquarters told the SBS. That's also kind of concerning that that's how much water eight adults use in two months. Yeah, it's a lot of water. Why didn't they say, whenever I see stats like this, I was like, why didn't they say like 16 adults in one month? Isn't that more impactful? More shocking, more alarming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, as well as the water, (laughs) electricity, and gas bills, there were more than $1,000 in other expenses, leaving the host to pay up $2,500. When contacted, Airbnb said the matter was between the couple and the host, but the Chinese pair have now gone to ground and can't be contacted. Oh, they've crossed... They've crossed the threshold. Misbehaving yeah. guests in Airbnbs are nothing new. Last year, a woman in the U.S. who hosted a guest at her rental apartment found her home in a state of complete disrepair. There was mess and rubbish in every room, as well as a significant damage to the fixtures and what seemed to be <laughs> blood splatter on the walls. That's bananas. What the hell could possibly Hold on. Happen? I want to read the, the, the – we don't have to read this article, but the article from Stuff, if you click on that link, is a literal demon – <laughs> oh, Airbnb God. guest trashes rental in the U.S. Okay, well, I mean, so there's a liter- there's a TikTok literally video of this, a demon. Yeah, hold on, this TikTok that's video of this that I'm just watching says point of view. When you come home to the realization that your Airbnb guest was a literal demon, mm. it's oh God, there is blood. This place looks crazy. Wow, they, I mean, this is no exaggeration. They tore this house up. Which which means they someone rented this thing and had a and had a rager of a party is what happened. Mm-hmm. They broke everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This place is a mess. Christ. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So All right. Anyways, shit. continue. Yeah. Because in another extreme case, two Stockholm women handed over the keys to their apartment only to return from a four week holiday to find it had been used as a brothel. <laughs> the colonel reported. Wow. wow. Who hasn't had a, uh, what was that movie? <laughs> what was the Tom Cruise movie? Uh, risky Business? Who hasn't had a Risky Business kind of moment? Sometimes sometimes you just fall into that kind of work. Sometimes it is the host that is the problem. In 2018, Dougie Hamilton and his girlfriend had been in their Airbnb in Toronto, Canada, Doug- in Toronto, Canada for about 20 minutes when he began to feel a bit uneasy about a digital clock facing into the living area and open plan bedroom. It ended up being a hidden camera pointed at their bed. <laughs> Jesus. Two years later, two Airbnb hosts in the UK were labeled fat phobic after issuing a ban on any guests weighing over a hundred kilograms. What is that? Two hundred pounds or so? Oh no, it's like two fifty, right? No, no, it's like two. It's like two twenty. Okay, they said that the two point two pounds in a kilogram, so two twenty. Two point two in a kilogram? Yes. Yeah, that's two. That's two twenty. It's two twenty. Two forty. Two point two. Yes. You're right. They said that way. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That's easy, You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. It's what do you want from me? All right. I'm only halfway. I'm not even halfway through my cup of matcha here. I gotta wake up. But it's like five o'clock in the afternoon. You can. I gotta wake up. Morning. <laughs> Shut up. I I played I played hockey at 11:30. Did I not tell you about this beating? We got the <sighs> shit kicked out of us. All right. That that's tough to recover from. 
and I need to wake up and get better before I do it again in six and a half hours. Mm. Mm. It's good stuff. This is this is Asha Asha Matcha uh, brought in from uh, from San Francisco. They said that the weight limit was due to the very old oak beams at Cottage in Sandwich, Kent. That's a sentence. The listing was immediately removed. <laughs> However, people sandwich then, be fat phobic. <laughs> it then reappeared without the weight rule. Yeah. Look, man. I I mean, you're lumping all of these things into one article. This is yeah, a because it's just basically this, telling this is a you a bit of a crazy catch all. And I think it yes. gets like okay, let's let, we just can we cross off this fat phobic thing for a minute? <laughs> I, I I just don't think this fits in the same class as everything we've read up until this point. No, it's they're being up front. I mean, they're being up front that the house is old, but I would yeah. argue that you should ref- that you should fix that. Because I mean, I'm a- I mean, I'm over a hundred kg. If you're over six two six three, well, you you're can't probably stay at this house. Kg. Haven't you seen Which- what's eating Gilbert Grape? <laughs> but then I would just look at that and just go, well. Yeah, that just probably means that I don't want to live in this house because it's going to fall apart. If this is some paper mache house you right. got, then also what don't happens want if you got if you got two people? I guess they're accounting for that, right? Because if you got two people, like if it could only withstand up to two hundred kilograms, right? You should fix your you should fix your houses. I think like most things can withstand two people at two hundred kg. Whatever, man. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah, I mean, but also, again, like know. I mean, fat phobic. Like I wouldn't even necessarily call two twenty fat though. Like like old Pete is two twenty. Just looking at him, mm-hmm. he's ripped. Wouldn't call him fat. It's all muscle. So uh, yeah, I would. I could be one thing if they're like, hey, look, no one over two hundred kg. Go, okay, now that's, that's if you hit two hundred kg, you big boy. It's big. Or if you're over, I would even say like you know one fifty, fine, right? Like you know, there's a certain limit where you're like, all right, you know that you're pushing weight, and you got to be careful in the chairs you sit down on, right? Like there comes a point in life where you're just like mm, a little too heavy, but that's okay, right? But I wouldn't say that's fat phobic. That's just going look for your safety. Yeah. Oh, you know, just know that this is this little rickety. So careful. Yeah, if I you're, think that's uh, if you're bigger. Totally. I, I think this is that one's not like the others. Working backwards. No camera, camera in the digital clock. Madness. No. Now, I've been told that there is a cell phone app mm-hmm. that uses your camera to detect other cameras, like hidden cameras in places. Is this true? Is this something you can actually do? There's like a sensor or something on your camera that can detect other, right? Because I'm assuming that there's something in there. There's some type of mechanical, you know, a lens or something in there that your camera will show if you have an app that just goes, hey, look, I'm using a lens to detect another lens. And I would I'm imagine it would, it, can, I don't know right? how that's possible. Oh, here we go. Right. I, 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 believe so. I believe there's an app that, that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it, it shoots like an infrared yeah. light or something, right? Like the oh, camera this low, shoots this, a, this image. Yeah. You got to see this image on the uh, on the Google Play Store that they have here at the front. It's like it's these two people just looking shocked directly into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's hilarious! What a great image. The, yeah. this is this is our couple who saw the uh, in an open plan bedroom saw a clock that was mysteriously pointed in a certain direction. You think? Yeah, okay. Maybe I should down. Maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try this and go look at my own security cameras and see if it goes nuts. Yeah. See if uh, see if there's any cameras that uh, that Alice has planted without uh, without your consent. Yeah. Maybe. Why you? Yeah. Like again, you read these Google users. I personally thought I was going crazy. We live in a motel unit. Manager said something that only my husband and I should have known. I used this app. Got it from an article. It worked. 
My husband tried to prove me wrong by downloading PDF of a lamp switch. Come to find out, it does have a listening device in it that can be used if someone wanted to from 30 feet away. Now I'm scanning the TV, which has a clicking sound like the camera does. So I'm happy I'm not going crazy. So this woman, her suspicions are right. So yeah, um, I might download this and we should try this when we travel in Japan. Okay. Well, you know, might want might learn some stuff that we don't want to learn. Yeah, but then you know, and then you can uh, we can be on an article. Yeah, that's some skeezy shit. I don't know. Yeah. Plus, it's Gross. like, who wants to watch that? Who gets all that? That's anyway. Again, a lot of a lot of people they putting stuff on. Uh, you know, hey, you know. As, let's as t- you let's talk told, about these. Uh, as you once told me on a San Diego street, do not yuck their yum. Fair enough. You know what? <laughs> Sounds like some pretty wise advice. What? What's your take on these? Uh, on these, uh, you know, on these tourists, on these, uh, on these guys who have completely desecrated Mr. Lee's house by my take is that Mr. Lee which is in could the right be here, worse. Right? Mr. Lee's in the right because they took the money up front and their reason mm-hmm. for canceling, especially if you read it, that says no cancellation. Look, I've been in this situation before you book something. It doesn't work out. You can't cancel it. And you try your best to go, OK, can I really make this work? And sometimes you just got to eat it. You take the L. You take the L, but that's why I would argue I wouldn't have paid up front for a 25 day stay. Like that's a long, that's a month worth of rent at an Airbnb, yeah. which has to be expensive. So I would have argued you should have just made that work. Like, oh, it's a little bit outside of the city. You take the L and you, you know, you find a way to get in, right? You get in, you get an Uber, you get a taxi. South Korea had a great, if I remember, Seoul had a great public transportation system. Yeah. So, like, there's ways around this. And to me, this just shows the entitlement of these tours going like, oh, it wasn't where we thought it was, which is their fault. Right? Sort of. Mr. Mr. Lee didn't tell them. Mr. Lee did not tell them, hey, this is not in the city center. He just put his place up and said, here's a location. Airbnb searching probably said, hey, look for places in Seoul. And it's probably within, like, a 30-mile radius, right? Doesn't Airbnb do that thing where it's like you don't know exactly where the thing is? It's like it could be here, it could be there. It's but like, like not it gives in you a ci- general idea. The city center, but a general idea should still be close enough. So I, my point is, like I think it's on them. Like if you're really concerned about staying in the city center, then you should make sure to find a place that's right in the middle of the city. Like you got to do your research mm-hmm. if you're going to pay twenty five day stay. That's a long time because I would argue. I would maybe even want to bounce around different places. You don't know what a place is going to be like before renting 25 days. That's a long time. Yeah. So I'm on Mr. Lee's side here. I don't think he should have like that's on Airbnb who said, hey, look, we you know can't cancel it. All bookings are final. He said, hey, look, all bookings are final. Sorry, you're not happy with it. But hey, there's nothing I can do. And this is petty. Like, what are they expecting him to do to give the money back? after their mistake i'm with mr lee here i just probably would have locked them out of my house like you know i just probably would have been a little bit more on top of it like you know have someone checking on the house for 25 days you tell your neighbor hey look i got someone staying here can you just tell me what's going on for the first couple of days so yeah mr lee's a little lazy but you know he probably doesn't live there like it's not his house it's a rental yeah so mr lee's somewhere else so yeah yeah, this is totally on this couple this couple's a bunch of monsters your fault yeah Pretty maniacal too. Yeah. Now, if the guy actually like wronged him, it's a pretty good revenge plot. But yes, it it's a great like, it's a great revenge plan if you actually did if the landlord actually did something wrong. Yeah. How much was did they didn't say how much the the original cost was no. in twenty five days, right? No, but I'm assuming it's probably around the the size of the bill. I would guess. 
But like, why? But like, that's my point. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you've lost the money anyways. So now it's just petty. Well, I just yeah. would have stayed there and been like, yeah, it would have been great for us to stay a little closer to the city. And maybe you even, you know, you pay a charge for the last week of your stay to stay where you really want. Right? Like, there's ways mm-hmm. to get around this as, a, as an adult. That's not what they did. <laughs> yeah. I and agree. I would have over. And again, if you want to be petty, do it while staying in the place. Like, yeah, leave the tap on. But you'd be like, hey, I'm here. What are you doing? I don't, I am li- living in this place that you said I had to stay in. I'm taking a bath every night. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Not much more to say on this. These guys suck. Also, I did make the point that uh, this is how international conflicts begin. Yes. You know, this is a, this yeah. is an act of war. This is international. This is an international offense. So, you know, hopefully we don't look at escalation. And, you know, next thing you know, someone fires a missile. And then it's on. Mm-hmm. Thanks to just some people struggling and uh, they were upset they had to go a little further to get outside the, to get to the city. You get you don't have to go to the city, get your fried chicken. You get the, you probably get that stuff in the burps. Everywhere. 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 Also, what's like a what's a South Korea suburb like? What's what's a suburb outside of Seoul anyway? I don't know, Seoul but that's my thing. I'm like, even suburb. if it was like Gangnam is a suburb outside of Seoul. Is it? That's considered a suburb? Yeah. Is is Seoul kind of like like is the suburbs would that kind of be like this large sprawl? So it, it's like staying in LA. Seoul's huge. Right. So that's why yeah. like that's what I mean. Like, yeah, like if you look at a map of Seoul, yeah, like a suburb outside, outside of it. Yeah, how far outside would you have to be in order for that to be a real inconvenience? Like you'd have to be in like the another city, like like day day one, yeah, good luck. Go ahead. like another major city you'd have to be in, like because Seoul is huge. So this whole like you can even be at the border between North Korea and South Korea, and I'd consider that a suburb of Seoul. Seoul's a giant city, so yeah, this was super petty. Like they wanted to stay right downtown. At like where the Grand Hyatt is, and they probably got a place that's somewhere in you know Gangnam or somewhere you know further out. And they're like, oh, we wanted to be in the city center, and they're like, it's Seoul. It's like you can stay almost anywhere and travel in. But yep. these clowns, you know, they they want they thought they were going to bully this dude out of changing their twenty five day book, and he was like, no, you booked it. It's on you. You don't want to stay. You don't have to. But I'm Try. keeping this money. Well, I guess you pay for it. So I guess it's a lesson. You gotta sometimes you gotta cut your losses. Yep. All from half. Speaking of which. Speaking of cutting your losses, let's go to this oh, next God. one. That's a good transition. It is. All right, so this is reading from the Daily Mail. This one's rough. <laughs> it's real rough. <laughs> Here's the headline. My boyfriend's cancer battle was ruining my mental health, so I left him. Now I'm running a marathon in his otter. You know what? I'm going to send this. Let me do this here and see. Uh, thoughts on this. I'm sending this article to Brittany and seeing if she will give me a response on this. And I will read it <laughs> with or without her consent. All right. <laughs> Daniel Epstein, 32, of London, said she felt awful for leaving Yella Fresson. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it because I work with a guy named Yella. 37. A woman running the London Marathon for her ex-boyfriend has admitted she left him because she couldn't cope with his cancer battle. Danielle Epstein, 32, 
was buying a house with yellow fresen of London last year when he was diagnosed with a rare form of brain of brain tumor at just 37. He needed a complex operation, radiotherapy and chemotherapy and had to learn to walk again. While at, while all this was going on, physics teacher Danielle began having panic attacks and her mental health plummeted, so she ended their relationship. She moved to Thailand but remained friends with Yella and is now running a marathon for a brain tumor charity. She said she was still figuring out her rela- her friendship with Yella, adding, I felt like the most awful person leaving somebody because they have cancer, but it was damaging my mental health and it wasn't helping Yella. Uh, so then moving on. There's so you can probably stop there. I think the yeah. rest of it, like you can read. No, but I, this, I need to this, read the rest, but go okay, ahead. Go we ahead. can read start the there face it. value, but I want to, because what's interesting is it starts as horrible. And I read this whole article already once before. Yeah. And honestly, it's not as bad as it sounds. No, but <laughs> that, 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 that was going to be my point of, I don't necessarily blame her. This is a tough situation, and totally. I'm curious. And, and I'm curious of what you would do if um, you were in this situation. And again, not husband and wife, because to me that's different. True. If it's husband and wife, you have signed up forever, and it is your duty and your responsibility to take care of your. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's going to be man. This would be so much easier if I just cut my loss. But you've made a decision that you love this person for the rest of their life, and you should honor that decision. You know, yeah. within sickness and in health. So that's different. I don't want to. I'm just talking about this situation where they were ser- in a serious relationship, right? This isn't like someone that you met last week. Serious enough to be talking about buying a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I this think. Um, no, I and that's the problem. Like this article kind of frames this as like some salacious thing. Yes, and I think it's meant to take down. But honestly, like she's 32. It's a relationship. This mm-hmm. guy serious relationship. Is- Serious. serious relationship sure they're not married though but at the same time it's like if it is an actual condition it's not like the guy is gonna it's not like he you know broke an arm and now he's in the hospital or and has to have surgery and then he's or he's you know it's yep. like no this is kind of it doesn't sound it, i don't know if it's a death sentence but it's like really really crushing and now you're as and now one person has to potentially like give up their life or part of their life, right? When they're still young. Yep. In order to, you know, hold on to this thing that is seemingly, I mean, according to this article, let's just take it as face value, is like really crushing them from a psychological level when it doesn't have to. Now at that point, if- I think uh yeah, I'm not I I don't and especially the way it's handled here, like I, I'll read the rest of the article and it's like I think this is when communication is most important, right? And you're like, look, I'm still I'm still with you. I'm still here as, but I got to be as a friend. Like if, if I'm, but, if yeah. you're a 32 year old woman and one of your, let, let's say one of your goals is, you know, to have a, to have a family, right. Then if this takes that off the board, then yeah, like you, you got to respect that decision. I think I, I and again, what I was going to ask is if you put yourself in his shoes and that's what, this is why it's the daily mail and they're a bunch of scumbags. Mm-hmm. Because if you read this, and I'll let you read the rest of it, it, it's not like he's writing going, she left me when I needed her the most. Right. I was bedridden and everything was awful and I just needed support and she just disappeared. That's not what this reads like. 
Right. But that's how they got you to click on the article. Because it's an interest again, to me, it's an interesting dilemma that people have to, you know, some people decide that this is now their life's work. And this yeah. is where they want to dedicate their time because they care for this person so much. And other people, they're not able to cope with this. And sometimes the easy thing to do is to break away. But again, like, I think it's a totally situational depending on both people. Right. Um, I would still, yeah. I would still, I would still put, um, what's that guy's name? Newt Gingrich. I'd still put him in the scumbag camp for what he did. But I, I wouldn't. What play. Newt Gingrich did? Oh my God! You don't know what Newt Gingrich did? Newt. Of the mi- of the many things he did, but specifically, what are you talking about? All right, let's see here. I'm gonna find. Um, let's see if I can find this thing here. I'll just go to Wikipedia. I'm sure they got a quick little summary for it. Uh, ha ha ha! Business, other presidential run, election, political position, personal life. Here we go. Um. Yeah. So he basically. Let's see here. He he apparently like cheated on his wife who is dying of cancer. Yeah, that's the worst one, I think. I think that I was think if you're still game. with someone and you're now having extramarital affairs, that's even worse. Like I, there's this um there's this show called Accused that has just had a US remake. And one of the episodes is about this husband and his dying wife, and he ends up a relationship with the nurse who is taking care of his dying wife. And so he's got two sons, and one of the sons is like highly suspicious of like, did you actually kill my mother because you wanted to be with my father? So like, there's all that stuff that comes up of like, yeah, like if you're dying and then someone's going, oh, yeah, 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 I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And then you're off doing other stuff in your free time because, oh, it's emotional damaging and I needed support from someone. And yeah, yeah, that's that's worse. But this, I think it's kind of probably if they had an adult discussion about it and he goes, look, I get it. I don't want you to sit here. Look at you. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You look awful. Go be happy. I'll be fine. Oh, so so Newt Gingrich had a he had a tryst as his first wife recovered from uterine cancer surgery. I guess he wasn't dying. Come on, Newt. Yeah. Anyway, um, there was something like that. Sorry, sorry, Newt, if I've incorrectly, uh, you know, you know, don't don't sue me for libel. Is all I'm trying to say. It's hearsay. You just fucked up shit, and apparently, allegedly, allegedly, might not be true. But yeah, from the guy's perspective, totally, I'd understand this stuff. Yeah, you know, I'd be like, yeah, and let let's just get to the article. Let's see what happened with this uh, this young couple here, young couple in their thirties, thirties young. 30, 30s. I'd say if you're still 35, you're still you're still young, right? <laughs> 35, 35, yeah, 37. Yeah, yeah. When you're almost, like, uh, yeah, yeah. When you're almost 40, you're still young. And you're yeah, almost 40? Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You're as yeah, old yeah. as you feel. You're old as you yeah. feel. You know? And, and I'd say as old as you feel like on an average of a day, right? You might feel we, older at different times well, of days that different times of day than that. you will on the other day. I'm just saying, like, re- you wake up, yeah. you might feel older than, you know, after you've had two matchas, at which point you might be, hypothetically speaking, of course, where, you know, you might have some of those and all of a sudden you feel younger. Practically speaking, you're as old as you look. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. There's some what 20 about, year olds. What if you have plastic surgery? Old. There's some 20 year olds who look old, look like they're 30, that's, 40. That's and there's some 30, 40 year olds. Who look like they're in their twenties, and it's just life. You're as old as you look. You could look. You could look I, good. I don't feel, actually feel mean old. that. I'm saying you that for look, myself. You could look old yeah. and feel. You could look old and feel young, or look young and Absolutely. feel old. 
Absolutely. But you're as old to everyone else as you look. But inside, you're as old as you feel. And that's all that matters. Look at somebody like a supermodel, right? Mm -hmm. Exhausted. Yeah. You know, famished. Hasn't eaten. (laughs) Hungry. Yep. Think they feel as young as they look? I don't think so. They probably feel old as hell. Right. But they look young. That's the difference. Their their metabolism is like chewing away at their bones. That can't be good. I'm not a scientist. The couple were were buying a house in Palmer's Green, North London, while Yella, who works as a Google software engineer, began vomiting and having dizzy spells. After numerous consultations with GPs and ineffective treatments for an ear infection, the vomiting became much worse. Yella went for a private MRI scan using his health insurance with Google. Why is that a detail? fine doctors found a grade four meta oh my god which means oh it it, it wasn't it wasn't because he was broke it's because you know he's he's a google engineer so right it wasn't i guess the reason you call it out is because if they're in the uk you have you know state insurance sure but he also has private insurance insurance. google so he had good money google insurance he's got good shit good insurance they're not lying ear infected guys got it wrong Google guys getting it right. Doctors found a grade four medulloblastoma tumor, normally a cancer that affects children. Medulo, and he, right? That's got to be like medulla, like medulla, yeah. medulloblastoma is how I yeah. would say that. Okay, fair enough. And he was booked in for surgery in September. Danielle said, quote, we were on a certain path to a certain future. Within one day, we knew it wasn't going to work out like that anymore. I was so worried and devastated. I couldn't sleep or eat. I was having a panic attacks and was on so much medication to sort myself out. I just couldn't function and quote, realizing they had to split up. She moved to Thailand with her father, but she has stayed friends with Yella and kept up to date with his recovery. That's weird. That that seems like a non sequitur. She moved to Thailand like right then. Well, I'm sure she was doing so awful that her father and again british people are weird they like going to spain or thailand depending on who they are and he's probably like just come out here with me and get away from it all and just you know mm-hmm. you know just that's fine you can come live with me and my you know i was gonna say something very inappropriate but with my you know my, my life that i've built now in thailand um yeah. so are you gonna mention like the lady boys or something like i was i was gonna about? mention underaged you oh. know associates oh with all the british people that moved to thailand that's different than the put thing. Put it out there, but hey, you you said it, not me. I was I thinking of something myself. else, clearly, because I said it. I stopped myself from disparaging <laughs> this poor guy who might have just you know bought a nice house on the beach and you know is having a nice cheap retirement. That's but true. Anyways, he offered his daughter to come over and just say, "Hey, look, you're super stressed." Because I'm sure every time you, if you, especially if you're talking to your to your child all the time, every time you talk mm-hmm. to her, you look awful. You haven't eaten. You you know why bags under your eyes? Oh, I was doing this, and we yeah. went to this appointment. Then we did this, and I can't do this anymore. I don't like you know. I I get it. Like I totally understand how that conversation went. Where he probably just says, "Look, you you can come live with me. It's fine." Yeah, they and then she me. just said, me has uh, healing yeah. properties." Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, here we go. Following his operation, Yella had nerve da- nerve damage that paralyzed the right side of his face, leading to a squint that caused double vision. He also can't fully close his eyes. Oh my God, Ed just kicked the page down and must use eye drops and ointments. Explaining her decision to run the London Marathon in his name for brain tumor research, he said, quote, I felt so helpless watching all this unfold, so I knew I had to do something. So she seems like a good person. Yeah. Seems like a good person who got put in a really awful situation, both of them. Mm -hmm. And sure, like, I I mean, the fact that she's kind of using, like, I don't know why there's an article about this. 
Is it because she's running the marathon and she's like, I'm doing it for my boyfriend or my former boyfriend. And they're like, oh, that's an interesting story. What do you mean former? Like, I'm assuming that's why. But again, I don't like it just seems like a really crappy situation that just had to leave with the two of them separating. Yeah. Here's what it comes down to because Yella, who supports his ex-girlfriend's attempt to help, said, quote, yep. I will be there on the day to cheer Danielle there you on. Go. See? I think it's incredible what she's doing. When she said she was going to do a marathon, I must admit I had my doubts. Well, that's rude. I think she only did about five kilometers when or kilometers when we were together, and that was a lot of complaining. I've got so much respect for her discipline and perseverance, end quote. So, you know. He's on board. They're they're cool. They, yeah. Honestly, this is more of an indictment of this article as opposed to. Yes. And I really it's do more think of an indictment age, of the Daily Mail, to be honest, yeah. because this is what they do. <laughs> the age and the state of the um, and the nature of their relationship kind of puts perspectives on it. But I don't think anything. I don't think any wrongdoing has been done here. No, unless he's no, no, no. And, and even if he was like, "How dare you?" It's like, dude, it's not your decision to make at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess what is other than marriage? What like when do you have to? When do, when should you feel more obligated to stay? Like that's um, the question, right? Because like this, you know, chronic, you know, yeah. these types of things can be really hard. And when it gets again, it could. You talk to people who have to take care of aging parents for a long time, mm-hmm. and what that does to you it's hard like really hard or taking care of a sick child right those are things that i think people feel more duty and obligation to because it's family of as much as i would love to run away from this it's my responsibility but at what point when you're in a relationship is it okay for you to go i I can't deal with this i feel like she handled it almost as well as you could but like at what point are you saying you don't even need to like what is it a year two years is it a time frame is it a owning financial assets together what is the line for you where you would go i feel like i can leave without getting without someone telling me that i was in the wrong oh man um oh well i guess i'm thinking more of the opposite well not necessarily i don't know i i, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer i think it's all a case-by-case basis this is one of those situations where there's no absolutes even if you are married maybe there's no absolutes at that point because I think there's a certain respect and communication that comes down to it. That's a larger issue. But I think what actually makes this more palatable is that there is some sort of kind of mutual agreement that this is cool and on the up and up. Mm. And I think that's, that's the common thread for any of these scenarios. Now, it becomes more of an ethical dilemma if it's someone like in a coma, right? Or if they're in a sure. vegetative state or like something like that, that, that becomes a little weirder. Or if it's, you know, older people dealing with something where they, where they're not in the right state of mind. Um, like if they have dementia, then, then that's where you start entering more of these ethical gray areas. But in a case where you got two people who are, who are in the sound state of mind and can communicate and do so, then look, Ben, you communicate, you say what's up. And I think as long as there's that honesty, then it's kind of hard to get into the wrong unless you are actually like doing something behind their back. That's what makes it worse. I'd argue you having the discussion and leaving this way is better than them finding out that you've basically started another relationship as they're in a coma. Totally. Like, and again, exactly. in a coma, it's hard, right? Because how do you tell them like, hey, we thought you were gone and you were in a coma. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been a movie on this where it's like you were in a coma for two years. 
And so yeah. I had to move on. And now you're back. What do I do? Well, Castaway. Like, Castaway, man. Oh, there you go. That was yeah. the, that's what happened. He comes back and uh, like, yo, Tom Hanks, you're back. And his wife's all like, hey, this is my child, my new husband or whatever. Yeah. Dude, you were dead. <laughs> you're on an island. I guess it's a little different than the coma situation. But yeah. 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 So it's tough. Tough. But um. Yeah, shame on you, Daily Mail, for trying to make this uh, trying to make this salacious when it's not. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move over to a little reddish, bluish, blackish Jewish. I haven't done this in a while, but this We've is not. something that we got to talk Ooh, about boy. because <laughs> this is one of those things where I did my best. I I try, man. I try to look at any headline that sounds like this can't be true, right? There's some salacious shit going on. Someone is blowing this up. This isn't really going to happen. Someone's got to tell me like what the real truth is here. No, man, this shit's real. <laughs> All right. Uh, read it from NBC News. This was reported uh, yesterday. So this is April 21st. Ten commandments would be required in public classrooms under bill passed by Texas Senate. So here we go. The Texas Senate on Thursday passed a bill that would require the prominent display of the Ten Commandments in public school classrooms, reigniting a debate over the role of religion in schools and parenting and parental rights. The measure, sponsored by Republican Senator Phil King, states that every public elementary or or secondary school must, quote, display in a conspicuous place in each classroom of the school, a durable poster or framed copy of the Ten Commandments, end quote, starting in September. The Senate passed the bill in a 17 to 12 vote along party lines. It now heads to the GOP-led House. So this isn't actual law yet in Texas, but it's, um, it's one step there. The Senate this week passed two other Republican-sponsored bills focused on religion in schools. One measure would allow schools to adopt policies requiring time for students and employees to participate in prayer and Bible reading. The other, sponsored by State Senator Tan Parker, and that's a that's the actual name, Tan Parker, that garnered broad bipartisan support, would, ins- would ensure school employees' rights to, in, quote, engage in religious speech or prayer while on duty, end quote. Parker's bill echoes the U.S. Supreme Court ruling from June that affirmed a former Washington State high school football coach's right to pray on the field right after the game, right after games. The bills are the latest in an effort in Texas to press for display of religion in public school classrooms. In 2021, the state enacted a law mandating that schools display in God we trust signs if they are donated or purchased using private donations. In a statement Thursday night, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said, quote, I will never stop fighting for religious liberty in Texas. Allowing the Ten Commandments and prayer back into our public schools is one step we can take to make sure that all Texans have the right to freely express their sincerely held religious beliefs, end quote. It's a pretty ironic statement. Opponents, however, said the state should not be involved. John Litzler public policy director at the Christian Life Commission and general counsel for the group Texas Baptist said at a Senate committee hearing this month that it was the responsibility of the church and other religious faiths, quote, to educate children on their religious freedoms, not the duty of the state, end quote. King and Parker didn't immediately respond for requests for comment on Friday evening. 
passage of three of the three bills come shortly after the Senate passed legislation known as a parental parental bill of rights that would allow $8,000 a year for parents to cover the cost of homeschooling or private school tuition if they want to take their children out of public school. So this just happened in Texas. So my rebuttal to the end of that, when Dan Patrick tries to tell you, I will never stop fighting for religious liberty in Texas, allowing the Ten Commandments and prayer back into our public schools is one step we can make sure that all Texans have the right to freely express their sincerely held religious beliefs. So if I'm a Buddhist and I go to Texas government and go, hey, you know, I'm cool with you putting up the Ten Commandments, but I now want the laws of Buddhism put in every public school because there's enough Buddhist people here. There's enough Asian people. There's enough people from background who have this belief. And we want to have the same right of freedom of religious Liberty that Christianity has. What do you think the answer is? Well, the answer is no. Yeah. So that sums it up for me of going, yeah, I'm all cool. As long as you do that for every single religion that comes to you and says that they want to put the most important laws and writings from their religion inside of every single public school. Because, I mean, there, there's plenty of people who have different beliefs in Texas. Texas is not 100%, you know, Christianity. So it should be for anyone that totally. comes to them, and they won't. And so that's why this is a bad faith argument by them, and why if you can't, if you're not open to putting every religion, you should be open to putting none of them. For me, it's <laughs> all or nothing. And it never works this way. And that's the problem. Quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibition or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So the whole idea of the separation of church and state goes out the window with yes. this because you're explicitly putting a religious thing in a public school. Yes. If a private schools. school wants to do this, I don't yeah. give a shit. My tax money, mandate. whether I'm Christian or not, is going towards you doing this. And so yeah. I would say you should do this for everyone, not just Christians. Yeah. Or Catholics. Put everything in there. If you want to, if someone had the Quran, like put a, put a line for the yeah. Quran in there. That's my point of just put them all there. Put them all up there. If yeah. you do that, then I don't think you have an argument at all, really. Satanist. But the fact that you're not going to do that, and so schools generally try to stay out of all of that because they go, well, look, it's hard for us to make all of these all of these, you know, specific calls on what is a, an appropriate text to put up and what isn't. So we're just going to stay out of it. But then you have Texas government kind of forcing these schools to do this, right? I'd argue most educators go, look, we don't, you know, we don't, we respect everyone. So by doing that, we just mean you keep your, your personal beliefs and faiths in a private way. And how you spend that time, as long as it's not on, you know, whatever, we'll teach all the religions in school. Because it's a part of history. It's a part of sociology. It's a part of all, the, you know, hey, we're doing study on Nepal. We should learn about what the Nepalese practice. Yeah. But not when you then go, but the Ten Commandments is right there every day when you walk in. Like, that's that's why this is a problem. But, you know, it's a bunch of Republicans in Texas. They won't have that good faith argument because, hey, everyone should be Christian. That's, what's, no, that's why we're not. getting school shootings is because we don't have enough Ten Commandments in school. All right. Yeah. And then this will be challenged in the courts. Yes. And then it'll go up to the Supreme Court and then we see what happens. Yeah. And Clarence Thomas will be like, yeah, why not? That While he's getting off of his vacations and private planes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. It why 
at this point with the internet and the I'd say the state of religion for most for like I'd say younger generations, mm-hmm. it seems like religion is falling out of vogue, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Why isn't there like a more established like agnostic party or movement growing? I don't want to say atheist because right. atheist is a, is a bit of an arrogant point of view, which is there yes. is nothing. Um, but from the agnostic perspective, it's like, hey, man, you might be right. We don't know. Yeah. It's, it's kind know. of like, it's kind of like, eh, they're all right and wrong at the same time. Yeah. It's like, dude, I don't know. You want to be right? Cool. But it could be anything. Who the hell knows? That's how I see agnosticism. Well, because it's hard to so, build fanatic groups around apathy. <laughs> But that's why it's like if you, yeah, but if you build a, but if you like established an actual caucus or like an actual group or political group around the idea of like agnosticism, like even within, like, I feel like if Republicans were agnostic, they would be much more popular because it's all of these extreme Christian views that polarize. But that that's are how you largely, get people to follow you in anything is the extremism. That's how you get in anything in life anything right you get hardcore following people to donate lots and lots of money by making fanatics out of them that's sports that's religion that's education universities restaurants like everything that's how you have hardcore fans who then push the ideologies of a few people that's how everything works so being in the middle by going like, look, man, no one really knows. Let's talk about how the fact that no one knows. No one's going to follow that because they go, well, yeah, that's like the sense. No, you don't talk do. about it, but you don't you don't drive. It's like, yeah, but, you but if you're forming a group, you ideals. have to talk about it, though. Like if you're forming a group that's like a political group, how do you get the word out there? Of like, hey, look, we're acknowledging that everyone is right and wrong. I don't know if, if Republicans that's got never going to work. And it's like if Republicans got on the stage and just like, hey, man, no, we don't want to pay taxes. And that was literally the only thing they talked about. And they never once said like, "Oh, we're trying to take away abortion rights, and we're trying to, uh, and we're trying to put God back into schools." You know, that's how you build your base of, and especially in America, right? Because you have so many one-issue voters in America. So someone's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever with taxes. I'm broke, and could probably use the the rich paying more taxes to pay for the stuff that I could use help with, right. because I don't earn a bunch of money. But I don't really care about that because I care so deeply about abortion." Or I care so deeply about segregation, or I feel so deeply about some of these things, I'm going to vote for these people, or gay rights, or any of those things. So that's why they just keep picking up fanatics, and that's who that's what the Republican base is now. It's not a bunch of fiscal conservatives that believe in the right of you know you know local government and you know self preservation of our financial you know values as a country and not letting the government decide. It's got nothing to do with that. Their entire base is fanatics. And that's the problem. It's a cult. And you could argue on the same side. There's a bunch of Democrats who are who are in a cult as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, again, you can. Yeah. That's how these things are formed. So that's why that's why that's the answer to why. But I guess my thing is that sensible is never going to happen. You. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was actually talking with a friend yesterday saying that there's a. You know, the a zealotry in any sense is bad right there's no like good zealots no even even if you're like a i don't know a um like a charity zealot you're probably annoying 
right? Like, <laughs> but in the in the case of this, is like any of these extreme cases. But it, it's like, and that's the part that really spoils it for any of those parties. But it seems like beyond the zealotry, it's like the, there's a core feature of this one party that's like driven by this religious ideology. Yeah, but like, that's why how are people why are people still on board with this? That's the only reason why they even have a chance in most of these in most of these states. It's the only reason. Yeah. Cuz if they were agnostic, they'd lose that base. Who would actually start looking at like wait a minute, so what do you Okay, so if you don't believe in that or you're not pushing that, when I still strongly believe in it, what are you pushing in? And then you look at it, you go, "Oh, there's nothing here." All the other stuff that you want directly impacts me negatively when I live in Mississippi or Alabama, you know, the poorest states in the nation. You know, wait a minute. You not you reducing taxes actually hurts us. So how do they smokescreen that? Oh, we care about bringing God back into school. We're going to bring back the family values. Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff I care about. That's why I'm broke. It's like, no, you're broke because they don't charge enough taxes to the people making billions and billions of dollars. To upkeep our our aging infrastructure as a country, yeah, and, infl- and inflation has uh, driven by corporate greed has yes. uh, has well surpassed the amount that your employer is willing to pay you. So that's why they do it. It's a total smokescreen straw man. They don't believe in this stuff. Like Trump's not like that. That that was the funniest part about this. Of like, yeah, the the evangelicals are backing Trump. And it's like of all people, yeah, like, of all people to back. He's, he's openly having affairs. He's openly saying stuff with old Billy Bush. And funny yeah, we how went Billy Bush he's is broken, dead, right? He's like broken Billy most of these. Uh, yes. He's broken most of these commandments. Yeah, and and that's what's crazy to me. And that's why you can't believe them. Because I go, look, I'm all for if you want to be staunchly conservative, religious, and have these like fine, like I get it, right? Like if you really believe in in this, then you, yeah, stick to your principles. I get it. But then you back Trump, and I'm going, well, wait a minute. One thing is not like the other. Find a Republican candidate who believes, like, again, Mitt Romney, I get. That's a guy who's part of a cult and has these values and also walked like he had these values. Everyone, everyone for the most part, goes, Mitt Romney's a nice guy. Yeah, sure, he believes in some kooky things, but he's a nice guy who does want the best for people in general, so you say, right? There's no scandals. There's no hidden microphones. There's no trying to evade financial. Like, that stuff didn't exist. And what happened? Mitt Romney still lost because there's not enough of those people, (laughs) right? Like, there's not enough, like you said, there's not enough of those people anymore. There's not enough people who believe so strongly in those conservative values that they're willing to throw away the other decent human rights things that the rest of us see, even if you're religious, right? You You can't conflate being religious with, with demo, you know, oh well, if you're you're a Democrat, you're not religious. There's plenty of there's plenty of you know Bible thumping Baptist preachers who vote Democrat, who maybe don't believe so strongly in the right to abortion and some of these things, but they still vote Democrat because you go, well, look, the human cost of what's happening over here is better than what the Republicans are saying in my specific area. That's low economic and all those types of things, right? So that's why, and that's why these people are all clowns. Because they don't actually believe any of this stuff. They don't believe in like, the whole religious stuff. Is it's just to get more people on your side? Because if you lose that, then you lose twenty five percent of your base. Yeah, well said. Well, that's what's going on here in the states. We're fucked. Ooh. But enough of that shit. Let's get to some uh, media therapy, shall we? Yes. Um, 
I saw a movie. One. Uh, briefly talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Suzume, which is the it's the latest movie from the guy who made Your Name and Weathering with You. Yep, two good movies. That's what this movies, two good movies. Uh, I. I went in with no expectations. I didn't even know this movie existed until I saw like some random ads for it. I was like, oh, this looks was a lot like those movies. Dubbed? Subbed. Subbed. Um, I saw all the movies subbed. I don't think I saw any of them English dubbed. The, the thing is, especially, although it's not too big of a deal in this one because, so yet again, you got Rad Wimps doing the soundtrack, right? And this is Rad Wimps doing their best attempt at making a Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. And it rocks. Mm-hmm. But in the, First two movies, in the, in the last two movies, I should say, because this guy's directed a lot of other movies. But in the last two movies, Rad Wimps did the soundtrack, and there's a few songs with lyrics. And they are the most on-the-nose lyrics. <laughs> so so when you hear these guys singing them in English, it kind of detracts from the experience, I think. But when yeah. you hear them in Japanese, you're like, all right, cool. Makes Got sense. it. That's what they're saying. Cool. I'll read those as subtitles. It, does, it doesn't sound as silly as when they say it out loud. Um, that's one of the biggest hangups. And as usual, if something takes place in Japan and is supposed to be about Japanese people, I'm going to watch it in Japanese. Sure. Simple rule of thumb, right? Yeah. I mean, that goes for any language uh, movie. It's just like when I watch RRR, I couldn't watch it in the original language, but Hindu was the closest I got. So yeah, I loved this movie. I didn't know anything about it going into it. I don't looks, know what it looks was about. gorgeous as all these it's movies do. Beautiful as all this guy's movies are. And I'm not going to lie. This movie teared up, got gotcha. teared up, got me, gotcha. Gotcha. got me. I think it's the first. This might be the first one that got me actually. But I also might be maturing as a person. Who knows? You're getting old, man. It happens. <laughs> Maybe that's what happens. I don't know. There's one. I'm not even going to tell you when, how, why, etc. But you'll why? To, to see you if I watch, watch this and I tear up. No, I want to. I want to talk about why slash when. But I don't. But saying that will be a spoiler. So that's why I want to. I don't want to tell you anything about it. Watch it, okay. and we'll talk about it when you. All right. All right. All right. Yes. But I, I do recommend this movie if you want to watch a gorgeous, gorgeously animated movie with uh, with strong emotional beats, fun characters. This guy's just a great, great director. Some people had thought said this was like one of the weakest of his of the three, or they say it fits between Weathering with you, like it's better than Weathering, but not as good as. I was going to say your name is really good. Your name is really good. I think I liked this more than that. I feel like with, I liked your name a lot. I mean, I liked both of the movies, right? But I think with your name, it kind of, it loses the plot a bit at the end. Yes. It gets a little weird I, at the end. I, agree. I really, but that seems to be the case for a lot of, yes. maybe this is stereotyping, but a lot of like Japanese animes. Well, they don't know how to end. Like, uh, they, like they're honestly, just like, oh, here's, a, here's a, Akira, a bunch of shit. Right. Yeah. Like Akira, one of my favorite movies, period. The beginning of that movie is copied in so much Western filmmaking now. The beginning yeah. of that is almost perfect, like almost the, a perfect film. The ending is yeah. super weird. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah it's odd. It's super weird. It's, it's insane. But And that's what I think happened at the end of Your Name, where it's like, oh, this is what that's about? This is yeah. where we're going? Okay, weird. And I'm just like, I'm ready for this thing to end. Whereas this movie, I felt like it always kind of set its... It was more focused and clear Hmm. um so anyway yeah i really enjoyed it check it out let me know what you think um and then as usual watched um watched the end of mando yep so uh, did i 
and I liked it. I, I'm on a I'm on a Star Wars kick, but I'll get into so, that again at the. So uh, I want to I want to talk about what's going on with Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Is him flipping around, flipping what's into uh, Lizzo? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing with the? What are we doing with baby with Baby Yoda or Grogu? Let me call him by his correct name. <laughs> what, what are we? Din, what are we doing? Din Grogu? Yeah. What are we doing? What What are we doing with him? Why is he a Mandalorian? What are we doing? What do you mean? They're trying to make him a Mandalorian. Well, yeah, he is. He is a Mandalorian. But but why? What are we doing? Because his dad's a Mandalorian. Why? That's why. That's how he is. I mean, it's all right. It's and cool. when are we going to find out that Grogu is actually one of the family? When are we going to find out that Grogu is You did. We ha- we've known this. We right, found that 50, out in the right? first. Yeah, yeah, we found that. That's not a weird <laughs> thing that you just know. That's a thing that they said in the first two episodes. It's like, at he's what old, age does it? He's Fifty-three. Does he, <laughs> at what age? Yeah. At what age? He's 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 younger Paul than Paul Giamatti, Giamatti but pretty yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. Like at what age? The better question isn't when do we find out he's fifty. The better question is at what age does a Yoda-like character start talking? Like when is he is he going to start talking after after the Mandalorian's dead? Like what? <laughs> well, because how old was Yoda? How old was Yoda? Oh, the dude is like eight hundred, right? Yoda, nine hundred years old. Yeah, Grogu's right. Fifty, nine hundred. <laughs> yeah, so at some point between fifty and nine hundred, they start talking. So it said around the age of. I'm reading the the Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, that's a good place to look. When do Yodas talk? <laughs> he said he said he was at he was eight hundred or sorry he was one hundred when he started to impass wisdom on others. Is at least what I just read. Cool. So as he where it says, Yoda was paired up with a personal mentor during their time together. Yoda's Jedi master told Jedi master told him the tale of Kung Fu and Chuang, two great Jedi's of the past. Around the age of a hundred, Yoda was ready to pass on what he had learned. Having attained the rank of master, he spent the next eight centuries training and tutoring generations of Jedi. So Grogu's got another. I mean, Grogu should be talking by now. If Yoda was teaching at a hundred, Grogu's halfway there. That's like a a, ten-year-old being unable to talk. I like how we're just really going into spoilers. Who gives a shit? It's Star Wars. Yeah, who cares? But like, if, yeah, if, it's if like you're watching it or you're not. Is how I feel yeah. about the Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, but now Either he's got like a. Me- you're not. He's in yeah. a little mech suit now. It's great. It's awful. Like, what are we doing? It's with Wonderful. Baby I love it. I need him I'm to happy. talk. <laughs> I don't care. Enough don't with care. the Goo Goo Gaga. It's time for I him don't to even speak. know. <laughs> I don't even know how involved these two are even going to be in the in the rest of like moving forward. I think they're just going to be like moving forward. I can see Mandalorian focusing more on that, on that woman. We get another Mandalorian. Story. Like it's the Mandalorian, right? Cause even what's his name? Even the, even well, that could be anybody. I, I just know him as Gus, right? Like whatever his name is, what his actual name is. The bad guy. Um, oh, Star wow. Wars names, whatever. You don't know his name either. Yeah. His name is Moth, Gus. Moth Gideon. Gus Moth Gideon. Man. Yeah. Okay, Moth Gideon. Moth Gideon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know you're talking Again, about. Like, yeah, yeah. like even he was like the Mandalorian is here and it's like there's only one the Mandalorian. The rest of them are no. Mandalorians. So unless they change the name of the Mandalorians with plural, it's going to be Pedro Pascal showing up once an episode in the suit and the other the rest of the time. Man, I mean, it's a perfect they put, character. They put the Mandalorian in Boba Fett. Like they put yes. him they just said, "You know what? We're tired of this show. Let's let's do a different show instead." You're like, well, "Why? Why why are you doing that?" It's like, "Because fuck you. That's why." And then they just did. So that that's kind of where they're at now with Star Wars TV. Like who gives a shit? And honestly, I loved the season. I thought the season was great. I thought the the increased production values made it way more fun to watch. Um, it was, it had some of the monster of the week stuff. And then at the end, they're like, oh, and here's a thing that's actually relevant to the greater star Wars canon. You're like, great. 
fun. I'm into it. Let me tell you something. My my Star Wars love is at like a uh, it's at a pretty big high right now because I'll just say this now. The, this is the only game I've played really. I mean, I played others. I'm playing Horizon, but I played through the last Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order, because the sequel comes out next week. So good. Still awesome. That story's great. Those characters are great. When Star Wars is like focused on a thing, on like some solid characters, I don't really care what they're doing. I'm having fun. It's a good time. They have a fun world. And uh yeah, I'm I'm in uh I'm on a bit of a Star Wars kick right now. Look, it's it's fine, right? Like not I'm ashamed just, to admit just, it. I, I'm tired of Baby Yoda. Like I'm then just play, yeah, that's fine. He has he has run his course for me. And he I is, would like for Luke Skywalker to come and take him away. <laughs> and then we just have the Mandalorian doing Mandalorian things without without Baby Yoda is he's on Jar Jar Binks territory. Dude, I'm playing when I played through this game, when I played through Fallen Order again, like getting ready for the sequel, I'm playing through this thing. I'm like, these might be the best Star Wars characters. Full stop. Like this, this game is canon. Like, so this shit is actually like true to the universe. And it's got (laughs) the best cast of characters in any Star Wars thing easily since definitely the best characters since the original trilogy. And I think in some ways the cast is even better than the original trilogy. Like yeah. this dude, look, it, this game is great. And I cannot wait for the sequel to a thing. I'm telling you, man, I'm in, I'm look, on the star Wars. The, the good, the good thing about star Wars is there's so much content over all of these years. That's so different from quote unquote canon that it doesn't matter. Like there's better star. Yeah. There's some really good star Wars books. Oh yeah. Right. Like star Wars as a whole and that's to me is what's going to make this always live on because it's not really. I mean, they keep making it about the Skywalkers, but that's the annoying part. Like right. you could totally that's just make also a totally good about the game. Thing. Yeah, that's what's good about the game. They don't talk different. They don't mention the Skywalkers once. All it's you awesome. got to do is take the premise of what Star Wars is mm-hmm. and do cool stuff. You can do anything like, it, like Andor. which is awesome, right? But like this again, like I'm I'm down with Star Wars stuff. I liked what what was it? What was the thing called? I, there's just there's just a lot of it. Andor. Andor, Andor was fine. Everybody loves Andor. It's great. I liked it. I didn't watch Boba Fett because I just wasn't going to spend the time. I really like the the anime sort of uh, oh, love, death, and robot thing that they're doing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? Visions. I think mm-hmm. that this, this Rosario Dawson thing is going to be cool because it's actually Jedi stuff, which is my complaint with most of the Star Wars television stuff. There's not enough Jedi sword fighting stuff. Oh. That's what you're looking for. Personally. Because that, that's you what, I, that that's what I like. You should play that game. should. You should play that game. I think you'll dig it. I probably will, but that—that's my. Just me. I just go this. You know, this is a lot about government and you know espionage and bounty hunting, which is cool, right? Because that's the stuff that was missing for a long time, right? Like the whole idea of Boba Fett. I mean, Boba Fett's one of the most beloved characters for being the most inconsequential to all of this ever, and that's why that show flopped because you're like Boba Fett is cool because he's nothing, and so then when you try to make him something, everyone's like, "Well, this is dumb." So you should have just let people just dream what Boba Fett was because that's what they had done the first thirty years of his existence. But yeah, um, I I think the Rosario Dawson thing should be good, and that's what I'm looking forward to. So it's cool, and yeah, it's I got so. John Favreau see. back in charge of it, which is good. Versus Mandalorian, right? The first season of Mandalorian was good because he was doing a lot of it, and then that's what happened. You're like, oh, okay, I gave you guys a recipe. You fi- figure it out, and then it's like he's still in charge. What are you talking about? He's still in he's it. in charge of it, but not. Like he's not. He's not directly not the way that he is when you start something. That's with everyone, right? You start something, and then you let it live, and then you get other people to come in, and then you get in, you know, you bring in Lizzo and Jack Jack, uh, Jack Black Jack to do Black. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yep. That's right. 
So yeah, again, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I just baby baby Yoda was a lot for me. It's just like enough, man. Enough. Enough. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say as far as what I've seen, Ted Lasso, still watching it. Best, still a delight. Best episode of the series. Hell yeah. This last, last episode. It's the best longest episode. episode longest episode yet. And at the end of it, I was mad because I'm like, I need more. <laughs> it was, it was more. the best episode of the series for me. It was it wow. was great. From a from a from a what the show is about standpoint. Right? Like the show's yeah. not really about football. It's about the characters. Again, characters, characters will always make a thing that like that's what makes that's what separates good stories from bad ones, like your your attachment to characters. And for me, they had enough story with the characters that really mattered in the show. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes they veer off into some other characters. You're like, all right, this guy, this guy or this woman, okay, whatever. But like the main characters of the show mm-hmm. had the main four or five characters. And then the group, I would say you can consider a character as well. Oh, so good. It's great. It's it's the best episode for me, hands down, of the series. It's great. Um that that show's gonna win a bunch of awards this year. It just is. Well well deserved. Yeah. So yeah, good. it's good. It's great. You just, you Speaking just of another show that's yep. going to win awards, just real quick, in Succession. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. It's over. Like I'm starting to get the premise, like it's a little overrated, but it's really good. I, I know. I talking to Greg. I think Greg has started watching Succession, and you're slow. Like it's hard to begin with. Like when you start watching, you're like, "This is going to be dumb," and then it gets really, really good. And yeah. I know it's the hot topic of everyone saying this is the best show since Breaking Bad or The Wire. And it's all, you know, you put it in those categories. It's great. For me, it just needs, I need to watch it again once it's finished. Um, it's really clever. It's really smart. It's funny where it needs to be funny. Succession's great. Um, and that will also win a bunch of awards this year as well. So, yeah. I feel like I should. I still say that you watch it, but it's not your show. But it's not your type of show, though. It's not your type of show. But it's great. Why not? I think you'll you find. Why, why isn't it? Because you don't watch long format, you know, political, you know, political slash financial dramas that tight that you know that that tap into dynamics of family and finance and business and capitalism and greed and and corporate. Like that's not your thing. You want Ted Lasso and Star Wars? That's fine. That's fine. Wow. Hey man, be what you are. You didn't watch Breaking Bad, did you? No. No, you didn't watch Better Call Saul, did you? No. no. So I know what no, you like. Watch Better you Call like Saul because I didn't watch because I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Better Call Saul's better than Breaking Bad. Fight me. Right, but don't you kind of need that? I, I won't. I have no opinion better. on anything. There's people out like there that, that think I'm crazy. Better Call Saul was better. Look, man, I like it's a good Better talk. than Breaking Bad. I can, I, can get, I can get behind a good talkie. First two ep- still, the first I, two seasons of Breaking Bad are, are strange and weird. <laughs> and then it gets good. Yeah, people definitely jumped on it late. Yeah, because everyone watched it when it came on to Netflix. That's the show that made Netflix boom. Because everyone caught up after it had been on FX, this this obscure channel for most people, and then it shows up on Netflix, and everyone goes, "Wow, what is this?" You know, the the dad from Malcolm in the Middle is is making drugs, mm-hmm. and then it blew up. Yep. So you know, but yeah, Succession, great. Um, my films that I watched this week, I watched two, and both yesterday. I watched Ambulance. Oh yeah, the Michael Bay joint. So have you seen this? No. <laughs> it's exactly what you expect it to be for Michael Bay film. It's a um, remake. I didn't know it was a remake. Did you just learn this now? Yeah. I didn't know it was a remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, <laughs> whoever taught this dude how to fly a drone, 
it's 50% drone shots. And not just drone shots from like overhead, but like drones doing tricks. Like a drone going up a building and then flying back down to show the top of someone's head. Yeah, that's cool. A drone going like underneath cars as they're exploding. That's cool. You know, a drone like going between pillars and stuff. He just, cool. He's just like, I got this, you know, this $100,000 drone that I want to fly and yeah. I want to do cool stuff with it. I'm going to put in some Mexicans. I'm going to, you know, put in some lens fares. I'm going to make it oversaturated to make LA kind of look like bad boys in Miami. Did you say you're going to put in some gonna Mexicans? We're just going to get Jake Hall to just hold a gun and wave it around. And I'm going to get a really gorgeous looking woman to be the paramedic. And that's well, it. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza Gonzalez. Gorgeous. Yeah. Because it's Michael Bay. Right. And that's what he's going to do. He's not putting he's not putting uggos in his movies. No. He don't roll that way. No. And the way he he's shoots not a movie. Normies makes, in his movies. Absolutely the way, not. the way he shoots a movie makes beautiful people more beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what he did. And, Who uh, shoots beautiful people better than Michael Bay? He might be Can it. You? If you're gorgeous and you want to film about being about you being gorgeous as other stuff happens, call Michael yeah. Bay. Totally. Because her like makeup he's the, never he's the reason. He's the reason <laughs> Megan Fox has a career, right? A hundred percent, sadly. <laughs> because of that one shot of her on the car. Yeah. Who else Michael would shoot Bay? that shit? It's just Michael Bay. <laughs> There's nobody else. I mean, you can you can argue that Michael Bay, uh, Gabrielle Union's career launched because of, because of uh, Michael Bay and Bad Boys, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, that scene in Armageddon, didn't, didn't somebody have, who was that lady in Armageddon? She had a shot. Liv Tyler had that shot. Yeah. Like, why? That movie wasn't even about her. Jesus. <laughs> but for some you reason, movies, you remember that like shot. They, they all look beautiful, like Pain and Gain. He made The Rock look more beautiful than he already is. Scarlett Johansson in The Island. No one thinks about The Island, but I'll tell you what. Scarlett Johansson looked great. She looked great yeah, in The Island. That, that Six Underground movie with Ryan Reynolds just being Ryan Reynolds for two hours. Ryan Reynolds made look looked great. gorgeous. <laughs> made him look yeah. great. So yeah, I, totally. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you. I can't you think of anybody gorgeous. else who makes who makes beautiful people look more beautiful. It's him. Yeah, yeah. Terrible director, but a fun director. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And and you know, I watched it, and uh, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. I hated a lot of it, but then I came out of it and goes, yeah, you know, that could be worse. <laughs> it's got the new. The Morpheus other movie I watched, Latsy Yaya Abdul Mateen the second. And it, again, it was fine, but again, the movie like it's not worth discussing the plot. It's dumb. It's just yeah. drone shots and and stereotypes. <laughs> well, if you want to compare it to the original, it was a 2005 Danish film called Ambulance. It was released oh, okay. in 2000. It was 2005. Maybe I watched it. Not as beautiful people. And it's they only 76 funny. minutes. It's only 76 minutes. This movie was long. It was really long. Um, but no, it was fine. yeah, it was fine. Right. Um, the other movie I watched was Elvis. Oh. Sure. I haven't seen Elvis yet. The the Boz Lerman joint. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Tom Hanks uh, talks in a really weird accent. That's my problem with the movie. Tom Hanks ruined this movie for me. I, I thought the dude, whatever the kid's name was, I thought he actually did a really good job as Elvis. Oh, he was nominated. People love him. Yeah. The, the, there wasn't Austin enough Butler, angry. Right? There wasn't Why do enough, I know that off the top of my head? Yeah, I didn't. I forgot what his name was. There's I, two I, things I, yeah, that they didn't problems. do enough of that they hinted at. There wasn't enough karate. Mm, yeah, need point, karate in an Elvis movie. Because yeah. at some point, Elvis started doing a whole bunch of karate, and people are like, "Why is he doing karate on stage?" Yeah, it's crazy. And there wasn't enough fat Elvis. 
Um, you know, like, he, like Elvis they, it looks, was meant to you respect know, him, right? It was because, you know, the Elvis, the whatever, the Presley Foundation probably funded a big part of this film. It's too and much there love. Too much love for Elvis, you're saying. No, just there wasn't enough fat Elvis. Elvis got and Elvis was only 42 when he died. Which you think about it now, and I'm like, man, that's that's young. Is there any conspiracies Elvis, that say he's still alive? Yeah, there, there, of course there are. Yeah. Okay, um, great. Him and Tupac and Biggie are all sitting on an island somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that the movie leaned into the fact of Elvis is, you know, it's basically black music brought to white people. The same way that the Beatles kind of were as well, right? Like that's in that era, that's why these groups and these people became so popular is because they were so heavily inspired by rhythm and blues and jazz and they just put a white face on it. And that's what made them the, you know, the monsters from a music's perspective in a good way. From a, you know, an able to to pull a crowd um aspect versus now, right? It'd be a bunch of black people who would become the Elvises and those of the world. But yeah, like it was fine. Tom Hanks was terrible in this movie. Why wasn't he just Tom Hanks? Like, why did you put on this weird? And I get it. The guy is supposed to be Dutch, and he was lied about who he was, and that was the whole right. The story is just as much about his manager as it is about him, right? Like he just he could have just been Tom Hanks without this weird not Dutch Dutch accent that he tried to do, and it was just odd. It just sounded like he had marbles in his mouth the whole time, and it it took away from every time Tom Hanks came onto the screen for me. Um. But I enjoyed it though. Like I liked the fact that it actually talked about Elvis's heritage and where he and you know the fact that he took Memphis blues style and BB King and Lil Richard and all of that stuff and the style of black music and made it in you know and put that into his act. Um, I thought it was great. But yeah, there wasn't enough of Fat Elvis. There wasn't enough of Elvis eating sandwiches on the toilet. There wasn't enough of that. And like you said, it was in respect to Elvis. Elvis has been dead, though, for almost 50 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. I liked it. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, to be honest. Um, in the recent yeah. string of like glammed up biopics, like compared to um, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody and the Elton John movie. Rocket and the Man. Dewey Cox story, and if, well, obviously that's that's number one, and will never be unseated. So let's let's put that aside. So where does this fit? Is in the in the two to four rank then of those other two I just mentioned? Um, well, you forgot Ray as well, right? Would you count that? Sure, sure. I was thinking more I'd of say like Ray the recent Ray the is... recent string, like in the yeah, last okay. five years, we've had a bunch of those high um, profile movies. Hmm, it's interesting. Ray, I people love. Ray, I think right? it's the. It's it's probably the best well done, like from a film. Like it's a little weird because it kind of the speed is a little off in the beginning, and then at some points it finds a rhythm. Like the beginning rhythm is really off for me. Like mm. it feels like it's going too fast. You're like, well, hold on now. Like let's like you're missing some parts of Elvis. Is like it's just kind of trying to get to the point that they're trying to get to, which was a little jarring because you're like, I want to spend a little bit more time with child Elvis and the, the the start of his career. Right, you're telling an origin story. But I guess they're kind of, you know, he's like, well, you know the origin of Elvis, so I'm not going to sit here and tell it to you again. <clears throat> so I like the Elvis movie. I think it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody and and the Elton John movie. I didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, the best part of that was them showing the, the is, is him recreating all the Live Aid stuff at the end, to be honest with you. That's the best Absolutely. part of that movie. I agree. Um, but like I could have just did that for 30 minutes. I didn't need the the beginning of it. 
Um, and the Elton John movie was fine, but that that had pacing problems as well. So yeah, I like I liked Elvis. I thought Elvis was good. I would probably and look, some of this is recency bias. I just watched Elvis. Those other movies I watched a long time ago. Uh, but I liked the Elvis movie. I thought it was good. Um, so Elvis for me would be number one. I'd probably put Bohemian Rhapsody number two. Elton John number three. But that the last two are tough. They're pretty much tied for me. They're fine. I wouldn't watch them again. Yeah, walk, walk hard to your point is still the best one. What what says you? You've seen all three of these movies. No, I haven't seen I haven't seen the Elvis one yet. No, you didn't see Elvis. You should watch it. It's good. It's yeah, I, I think I, it's worth I've, watching. All right. I'll check it out. I, I yeah, but just I do Tom think, Hanks, like, he sounds he sounds like this when he talks. Oh, I know. I've seen this trailer like, and I was like, like there's enough. no way why that's gonna why? work. Who told you? Who told you to yeah. do that? <laughs> Like Why? I, I could tell from the trailer, I'm like, this is not a good idea. It's Tom Hanks' worst performance ever. And that dude doesn't miss. He but doesn't yeah, miss. No. Like when you're it's, when your biggest miss is Larry Crown, like that's, <laughs> that's this pretty is rough. his worst performance on his end, right? Like just him, yeah. Tom Hanks. He's been better in every other movie I've seen him in other than this. Yeah. Because Tom Hanks is great. Like yeah, you said, he I'll does not miss. But I will say that the between the other two that I have seen, Rocket Man is like infinitely better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Like and it's again, not even I, close. I just don't. I, I just don't remember it. Like to be honest with you, I'm like I saw it on a plane. I loved Rocket Man though, but I also like you know Taron Egerton killed it. I think the way they did the music and how he actually performed all of the Elton John songs, I thought that yeah. infused life into a lot of those songs. Like it was more like a musical, which I thought was really cool. Like there were some amazing scenes. Yeah. It, it, that, it's unfair of me just because it. I don't, I just don't remember it. Honestly, like yeah. of the three that you named, it's the one I remember, the one that I remember the least. I just remember kind of watching it going like, okay, fine. My biggest um, issue I, with I the Ellen John movie yeah. is that the high, the highlight where he's like, when they sing uh Saturday night is like such an incredible scene. And then the rest of it, like you can't, you can't keep that kind of momentum going because the movie is still like, because there's still like a lot of darkness in that in yeah. that story. So you can't maintain those kind of exciting, fun highs that you'd want out of an Elton John musical. But man, I thought yeah. they they pulled it off. And Brad, the thing yeah, about Bohemian Rhapsody is just like a completely sanitized take on a. But but honestly, though, the way that it ends is so great, and it's just a recreation of something that was great. Oh, totally. That's why it's, it's so good. It's, it's why it, it won. It ended on a note where you forget all of the weird stuff in the beginning. You just go, oh, yeah, the end of that, the Live Aid thing was awesome. And that's all you right. remember. Right. Because at that point, you're just watching a Queen concert. Yes. Yes, that's it. Which, which again, which for a lot of people, which for me, does like, not cool. make it a, which doesn't no, make, it doesn't a, make good it a good movie. movie. It does <laughs> yeah. not. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, I think yeah. that movie would have been better with Sasha Baron Cohen. Just going to say. That was the original plan. He's, it would have been, and again, no shade to Rami Malek, who won an Oscar for this performance. Just crazy to me. It's not his best performance. Like in something no, he's done, you're, right? You're thinking, you're thinking, Need for Speed was his best performance, of course. When he took course. his pants off in in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Why do it's, I remember that? Don't know. This and he again, he's gonna have a weird career. Um, yeah, it's odd because even I even think about him in the as the villain in No Time to Die was weird. So and, and he's an and he's an Oppenheimer, I think. So yeah, his career is just going to be a little odd. Um, he's going to have to figure out what he actually is <laughs> as an actor. So why he could he could be the guy who just does all sorts of weird shit. I think he wants to do like. Uh, but, but to me, that guy already exists, and Oscar Isaac is a thousand times better at doing that than he is. But uh, they're different. 
they're different. They are different, you know? but they I got guess, different I, different jaw lines. Different jaw lines. Yeah, he's got to pick a lane, and his lane is not found yet. I think he's still I got more time. That. I, he I disagree the lane. with that. I don't think you have to pick a lane. Why? I you think don't have to. Spread your spread your reach. If you if you get like a stack of papers, like a stack of scripts, and it's like, hey man, you could do any of these. Why would you? If you have that opportunity to do multiple things, why wouldn't you? Why would you pick a lane? I've not seen him do what Oscar Isaac has been able to do, and Oscar Isaac doesn't does have not to. have a lane. He doesn't have a lane just, though. Oscar Isaac is, he does ev- everything that he's in for the most. They're part. both pretty, working. Who gives pretty a good. shit? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, working. at the end of the day, that's all that matters. <laughs> that they're both working. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're looking out. You're looking out for these guys. You want to work? Yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, I, I just want Rami Malek. Malik was in Twilight. To not hit fifty and go like, man, what am I going to do? Am I am I doing biopics? Am I in Twilight? Am I Mister uh, Robot? I think am I right. a Bond villain? What am I? They'll be okay. They'll be all right. And Oscar Isaac's going to be like, I know what I am. I'm just awesome. I'm Oscar. Look, 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 <laughs> well, yeah. Look at this beard. Look at this beard he's I the, grow. <laughs> he's going to be in the new Spider-Man movie in the yeah, uh, in the animated one. That trailer. Again, Oscar, he was in the shit. last one. Have you seen that trailer? It's great. Again, the, the last one. I remember walking in that movie God. theater going, this is one of the best things I've ever seen, period. Yeah. Like, that's a movie that like you're like, oh, it's an animated film. I mean, we've talked about this on some version of this podcast enough. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's the best, best Spider-Man film. movie. It's the Perfect. best Spider-Man movie. Still is. Not even close. Still is. Not even close. Not even close. It's miles ahead of any other. St- Again, it's so great. Absolutely. Um, and the trailer for the new one looks awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Seeing that in, uh, seeing that in uh, movie theaters is is great. Like it's worth going to previews for that alone. Yeah. What else so, you got? Um, I just want to talk about one thing game wise because we're we're coming up on our this is now a two hour podcast just is what it is. Oh um, sure. <laughs> the Advance Wars remake. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can tell me about this. I'm I'm furious with you because I've talked about this. I've talked about this many times about how that's one of my favorite games of all time. Yep. And uh, you're supposed to keep me informed on what's happening in games. And then this okay. just pops up, and I'm like, wait, a review? Wait, they're remaking this? Wait, there's this other company that's remade this thing and animated and it's on, you know, it's it's in CG and it's it's both games are yeah. on Switch. And he doesn't say anything. So what's up with this? I'm I should go buy this the minute we finish this, right? And you can play it multiplayer, so you're gonna buy it too, and we're gonna have a good time. No, I'm not gonna buy it. But you know, what you mean can uh, I'm buying it for you then. Oh. You could why? So you could whoop my ass? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Well, anyway. <laughs> the yeah, so this game. I forgot the game that was even coming out, to be honest. Shame. Um, Shame. This game, to be this game was announced. This game was announced well over a year ago. It was supposed to be released well over a year ago. And literally a month before the game came out, they delayed it because of the war in because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Fair enough. And they and they just announced the release date like a month ago. Yeah. And completely slipped my mind. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. That's a thing. So, yeah, when this thing was coming out this week, I said, oh, huh. All right, that's a thing. Yeah, I played a little bit on uh, Game Boy Advance. I liked it. It was fine. But like, I also bought that game Wargroove when I was like, yeah, we're going to play Wargroove. And I never, I haven't even booted that game up. And well, I'm, yeah, I'm buying this for you because we're going to play it. And I'm going to bother you about it. Oh, okay. Because it's got multiplayer, so you can play against each other. All right, fair enough. I'm um, terrible I, at it. I did look up this. I did look up this company. But yeah, the game's and they made, sorry. Just to say, the game's great. It's made by. Uh, it's made by WayForward. Yes. they made the Shantae series, so they're they're a really talented developer. This is a bit. And they made the another house, game that looks like um, fantastic. That looks like developers. Streets of Rage that I want to play. Uh, yeah, River City Girls. Yeah, and that game looks one fun. and two, and 
The composer of that game, River City Girls, is also the composer that I work with on all the recharge games. See, Megan you know McDuffie. all this information. She's awesome. You left me out of this. Yeah, I don't so know I'm to right you, to be frustrated with you. Frustrated. I don't know. I don't know these people. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't well, know Megan. She's a musician on this game. What do you want from me? Well, I- expect a gift. I'm down to I'm down to play some River City Girls because I still haven't played that. There's co-op in those. I think there's online co-op. You're playing this first, and then we'll play the other one. I'm not buying oh, you the other one. <laughs> Dude, I got, probably I got own it. Between the River City Girls, I don't know that yet. The uh, but between what is that? Um, shit, there's some Switch games coming out. I mean, Zelda's coming out. Oh, dude, forget that. I can't play that. Are you kidding me? You know what was just announced this week? They announced the expansion for game for 2022's Game of the Year, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, one of the best games of all time. Another another experience that may may or may not have made me tear up a little bit. They announced the seat, the follow up and the conclusion, so to speak, which is going to tie all three Xenoblade games together. That's coming out next week, and I got to finish crap. that before Zelda comes out. You kidding? I'm still buying you this game. That's fine. So fine. I might so not- fine. I'll wait to buy it in June then for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, yeah, we can play it. Uh, I don't think they do local multiplayer on that. But yeah, I guess, yeah, we'll mess around, do some shit. doesn't matter. When, There's uh, internet everywhere. So we can, we can sure. figure it out. Yeah, all right. We'll play uh, on, on the road. All right. That's the plan. All, all right. right. But anyways, yeah, I'm, I've watched this. I've seen enough reviews. Everyone goes, it's actually really good. It's a true remake of the other one. The graphics oh, are great. to taste, but whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm fine with, you know, you know, weak CG and it's fine. It looks good enough. Like it, it does the purpose, right? Like I don't need it to do more than what it's able to do. It's a game that's about turn-based strategy. And that's yeah, what it's I'm an HD version. It's it's a fully realized HD version of two classic games. Yeah, and it's, it's awesome. executed and these games by are classics. Classics. It's executed by one of the best developers in the business. Way yeah, forward. So I'm going to go buy they, this they the minute awesome we're done shit. with this podcast, and that's what I'm going to do with my Sunday. I'm going to play this. Game. All right. Well, I won't. I won't hold you up any longer, especially since I've had to pee for the last hour and a half. So, <laughs> uh, we will. We'll call it there. It's been real. Go uh, if you made it this far. Subscribe. Tell your friend you've probably already subscribed, but tell your friends about he's abroad. Do the thing. And yeah. I don't know what else to say. Like I said, I'm really got a piece. So until next time. Until next time. Oh, shuck it, duck it now. <laughs>